Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. From Global's Newsroom for LBC, I'm Amelia Cox. Morning, everybody. It's Amelia's birthday today. She's uh, celebrating out there nothing. Not a balloon, not a case of champagne or a cake or anything like that. Nothing at all. But did you hug her? Well, that'll be HR next week, honestly. You're not allowed to hug people. You're not allowed to do it anymore. You know, unless you really snog the face off, I think, at the same time. But it's her birthday today. And isn't it funny? You get to a certain age and they go, what did you do on your birthday? And you go, I worked. Years ago, you'd go, oh, I had all my friends round. You know, we had jelly and ice cream and we played, you know, pin the tail on the donkey and postman's knock and kiss chase and all that kind of stuff. But nowadays, they go, what did you do on your birthday? And you go, I just worked. So she's celebrating her birthday today. So many happy returns of the day. I think we're a similar age, actually. I think we're both sort of early to shut it, early to late 20s, you know. Mentally, I think I'm early to late 20s. I love it, honestly. I'm so looking forward to this weekend. It's such a good weekend. It's my brother's girlfriend's birthday, so we've got a big family gathering for that, so that'll be nice. And uh, what else are we doing this weekend? Oh, hospital this afternoon. A little bit of light shopping. A little bit of light shopping, which is quite nice as well. And... um, and what else? I shall watch a little bit of television and I shall make copious amounts of phone calls. It's always phone calls every day. You end up making loads and loads of phone calls. Uh, I'm always delighted when people get sent to prison. Always delighted, especially when they've cheated pensioners. And here they are. Gerald McCann, Larry McCann, Martin Rooney, Billy Rooney and Michael Rooney. All got four years to eight years, four months after pleading guilty in November to raids across West Yorkshire. They targeted pensioners. At one point, an 80-year-old man was hit over the head with a metal pot. I'm glad you're in prison, boys. You'll enjoy the company of other men in there, I suspect. I'm assuming that's why you committed the crime, so you could hang around with other men without it making look as though you just joined a giant gay bar. Uh, The Spice Girls are going to reform. No, they're not. No, they're not. They're just going to have a chat again. Uh, Victoria said, um, I'll, I'll be with them as long as I don't have to sing. I don't think anybody was aware that she sang first time round. So they won't get back together. You know, whether it's 10 million quid each or not, who's going to go and see a miming band? Seriously, I mean, there's only about two of them will be singing on it. The rest will be click track. And they go, ah, oh, because it's worth 10 million pounds. It's just a load of old hooey. I wouldn't pay to go and see the Spice Girls. I, I never paid to see them first time round. You know, we saw the television programmes. They were all very nice. And, and But, I mean, nowadays, they're, they're all married. They've got children. Some have been in and out court. And uh, some haven't. And and some of them wouldn't be interested in doing it. Victoria Beckham, she's far too busy worrying about what old Davey's getting up to in those seedy nightclubs he's started going to. It's almost like he's rubbing her face in it, isn't it? It's getting a little bit desperate. Uh, Holly Willoughby's husband was at the, um, the President's Club dinner, the papers say. Well, how do they know that? Have they found anybody? And the trouble is, he's, he's unremarkable, you know, in the looks department, because you don't know who he is, he's just a TV producer. You know, he's probably very big in TV producing, but, you know, if you went through the room, you wouldn't be going, oh, look, Holly Willoughby's husband. Um, and so we don't know if he was there. He was on a list. Uh, Vernon Kay was on a list. It turned out he wasn't there. Um, I tell you who was there, though. Gino DeCampo was there, because one of the girls said of him, uh, he was lovely and not doing anything dodgy. Like, was anybody else doing things dodgy? No, there weren't. No, there weren't. That's why there's been no no complaints to the police, no prosecutions. It's now turned into there were girls there who were being groped. At the Dorchester? I don't think so. I don't think so. 
So, you know, Holly's husband. The only thing I point out in the case of Holly's husband is that this morning, when that story was in all the papers and everything, they never mentioned it on this morning. Why would you not mention it? Unless Holly went, oh, don't, Dan was there. I said so they might have gone, all right, we'll leave that. Because I found it odd that they didn't do it. It was, it was a big story. And it's, it's now turned into, you know, I mean, I don't know if you've ever been to Crystal Palace. I mean, I don't want to sort of, you know, make light of it. But they have a cheerleading group. To be brutally honest with you, they're bloody awful. They're called the Crystals. We are the Crystal. Crystal. Crystals. You know, they're absolutely atrocious. And they, they can't dance in time. It's just, I don't know where they got them from. It's, you know, perhaps it's an agency for people who can't dance in time. Uh, and um, uh, Lewis Hamilton's pal has slammed the axe on the, uh, the, uh, the glamorous girls who do the Formula One thing. I mean, you know, it's always been like that. You know, go, go back to Mesopotamia, if you remember that. You know, the handmaidens in all the temples there were wearing very diaphanous outfits and they floated backwards and forwards. It's always been like that. It's not that, you know, we, we, we've sort of ever thought it wasn't anything like that at all. It's only now that people are up in arms, you know, squealing girls. Oh, my God, we can't have that. What Men looking at women. God, I mean, even if you're gay, you kind of understand that. But no, they're all up in arms about it. But there you go. Uh, kids of 12 are groomed on Tinder and Grinder. They're obviously far more advanced than we were when we were 12 years old. You know, when you were 12 years old, I was playing with toy cars. And stuff like that. You didn't think about that. Well, I don't think we did. No, we didn't. We didn't think about that. Uh, also, a dad battling to save his ill infant son wept as a medic told the court that keeping his son alive is futile. This is another child. We have another child with an illness. And uh, the father, we've had it before, wants to take the child abroad for life-saving. thing. And so they did. They then, I think, two children ago now, they said, all right, you can do that. The moment they, they, they took him off the, uh, the machinery, that was it. That was it, and he didn't, he didn't last at all. And here's another one. This was the one that Rebecca Vardy turned up and started pronouncing, like she knows anything about medical things. You know, we can all do the gut reaction. It's a child, we don't want them to die. Where is God? Does God exist? Why is he not looking after this child? And she starts pronouncing, keep your big trap shut. It's nothing to do with you. Nothing to do with you at all. This is between a family, a court, and the doctors. And the doctors are saying... You know, to keep this child alive is futile. They're only alive because they're on this machine. That's all it is. They're not alive for any other reason apart from being on the machine. It's a terrible tragedy. But unfortunately, that, ladies and gentlemen, is life now uh, or death for many people. It's really awful. Really awful. And so you can understand how the family are feeling. But you've got to take the expert's advice. And if you take somebody off life support... When they need it, you know, they go, don't worry, we're going to take this uh, child abroad and the child dies. Well, I mean, do you then charge the parents or do you go, listen, they did what they thought was the right thing, but they're not qualified. They're not qualified to know what is the right thing. That's why you have doctors. You know, if you want to do self, you know, um, sorting out your own surgery, well, then bugger off and do it. Don't waste the NHS's time. They're far too busy dealing with other people, you know, nurses up and you know, I'm down the country at this precise moment, probably getting ready for sort of shift changes very shortly, making sure that people are ready, people are prepped for surgery. If you think you can do that better than them, well, you do it. You do it. But don't start arguing with people in court. It makes a mockery of why we, uh, why we train people up. Uh, normally listening, says Pete, uh, in the shower in London. But uh, I'm, uh, I'm in New York. It's 11. How wonderful. How wonderful. It's nice. And uh, Barney and Stephen... Off to Marrakesh. 
God, do people still go to Marrakesh? Don't you go to Marrakesh to smoke drugs? Isn't that what it's about? I don't know. I, was, I wasn't even sure it existed anymore, but that's where they're off to, for some winter sun. I think, I mean, it is cold and it is a bit miserable. This is, actually, this is best time to fly, isn't it, I think? Probably first flight out would be, what, 5.30, 6 o'clock? Something like that. I think the first one into Heathrow is about, about five-ish. You imagine, you've just got off a flight, it's all warm, it's all cosy, and you walk out into a miserable, bloody arrivals lounge. <laughs> Can't think of anything worse. Can't think of anything worse. Not so good. Um, oh, you can win a chance to be part of a boy band today. It's just press releases, the uh, the bizarre column. It doesn't amount to anything else. There's no gossip, no nothing at all. It's, you know, the Spencer Matthews engaged bit. I mean, it's, he did it on stage. It's just copied, just rehashed, and it takes about seven of them to do it. What a waste of money. You could get somebody in to do it by themselves or make somebody work. They spent less time on the television boosting their ever-burgeoning career because it must be really difficult. But now you can join and be a part of a boy band. Because they, they've had one who's left them already. That's, uh, that's so, you know, it's, uh, it's five. Where's he gone? So you could put Dan Wooten in a boy band. He'd like that. He'd like that. I don't think he can sing. So he's a bit like Victoria Beckham. But it's the same old, same old. It's, there's, nothing, there's nothing original here at all. It's just press release stuff. No meet and greet for Lady Gaga. However, good news for uh, Peter Andre fans. He's doing meet and greet. Bad news for Ola Jordan's little husband... The ones who've just had to cancel their tour. Why? Because apparently he's done his back in. Managed to turn up on Big Brother's Little Brother the other day. Uh, it didn't arrive in on a stretcher. So um, ticket sales, may I suggest? Or just people not interested in seeing Ola Jordan and... Uh, what's his name? James. Poor old James, honestly. Contributes about zero, I think, to anything. But they do do dance lessons on their website, so please support them. And by the way, very shortly, dance lessons on Brendan Cole's website. As we've got rid of that idiot, which was good. Robert Wagner. This story, um, I'll probably tell you this later on, but it'll be, it'll be on the free podcast. Because uh, for 36 years, this has rumbled on. And this is the death of Natalie Wood. Uh, Natalie Wood featured in Miracle on 34th Street as a child. She was in Gypsy. She's been in loads of things. I think she did West Side Story as well. Anyway, I think she was... Uh, uh, either his, I think she was his girlfriend, I think girlfriend, uh, of Robert Wagner, who was a big Hollywood star. Then he did Heart to Heart, you know, and, and became very successful. Anyway, on this particular evening, she was found drowned. And they weren't sure whether or not she'd fallen off the boat and she'd hit her head. She had bruises, which they couldn't explain. Anyway, the police in America have opened up this investigation because what they've said is that there are anomalies. He keeps changing his story. And I said, well, he's 87. Of course he's changing his story. He probably can't remember. It was 36. Can you remember 36 years ago? I can't. Can't remember last Tuesday. But, um, but the story was, because he was on, the, on this, uh, this boat as well, and he was on there with Christopher Walken. And the, the rumour doing the rounds at the time, and I put it out to you just as a rumour, because that's what it was. This is this is what you know people were saying, and it, it it built like topsy. What they were saying was that Robert Wagner and uh, Wal Christopher Walken uh, were out on the boat, maybe getting a little bit friendly. You know what I'm saying? After a few drinks, or it could have been anything. Who knows? I wasn't there, but this was the rumor. She'd been out swimming, had come back, and confronted them. 
Now, that's, because she's dead, you'll never know the truth about it. This was the story that did the rounds at the time. And I remember thinking, I mean, it's a very interesting story, because in those days, if everybody knew that there were Hollywood stars who, if they dabbled in certain substances, became a little bit frisky with members of the same sex, it was entirely possible uh, for people to do this kind of thing. But they had to play it down. If you remember, that's why Rock Hudson had to get married. He married his secretary. She didn't have the faintest idea. Not a clue that he was a whoopsie boy. Not a clue. Because they kept even Liberace. They played it down. They did not... You know, it's not like today where, you know, you've got people on the television. I mean, you don't even have to guess whether they're gay. They'll tell you within two minutes. You know, by the way, this is my husband's. And, you know, and so nowadays it's different. In those days it was completely different. And, you know, people were saying she came back, confronted them and then said, I'm going to the Hollywood Inquirer or I'm going to talk to some of the gossip columnists about this. And they went, whoa, that would have killed their careers. Stone dead. Stone dead. And so now they've opened the, the case of uh, again. 1981. He was a person and is a person of interest. When they say a person of interest, that means somebody that they want to uh, still question. They're not happy with the answers that have been given. So this is very interesting. He's 87 now. You know, it would be entirely possible if he dies, they would still carry on with it. They wouldn't write it off. Rock Hudson was taken to court after he died. In the court, because one of his uh, boyfriends sued him for passing on the HIV virus. And Rock Hudson got sued for huge amounts of money, huge amounts of money. And the only thing that was in court to represent Rock Hudson was a chair with his name on it, Rock Hudson. And he was taken to court by one of the boyfriends because Rock Hudson was gay as a goose. You know, he had loads of boyfriends. He had had parties where sort of it was just full of muscle boys. Everybody knew about it in Hollywood. Worst kept secret, except, of course, you know, the public who went to see the films. And it was only when he was doing Dynasty, or Die Nasty, as they used to say about him, that people suddenly started looking and he kissed um, uh, Linda Evans in it and people because he looked gaunt and people were going what's the matter with him and they get and his agents were passing it off as oh he's, he's not been very well he's on a diet at the moment and all this kind of thing and, they, and then they discovered that he was hiv and they said and he kissed linda evans because they'd known each other for donkey's years and she apparently was okay with that and um and that was it then he went to paris then he came back then he then he died and then all of a sudden out come all these people so it was a, an interesting life. He, he, he sold Butch on the screen and sold it very well. But in real life, he was, uh, he was very, very gay. As indeed, there are quite a number of gay Hollywood A-listers. I can think of three that you'll be going, what? You know, you just hear these stories, don't you? And in the case of Robert Wagner, that story was doing the rounds 36 years ago. Where it is at the moment, I don't know. But it's not adding up properly. So... Who knows what we might end up seeing? You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Okay, okay. So Friday morning, it's the second of February. Uh, it's a short month this month. I think there's only uh, 38th of September, April, June, almost 31, excepting February, uh, which is 28. So 28 days in this month. It's going to go by very quickly, and then we're into March. Doesn't seem possible, does it? Really? It's getting colder and colder. I went to one of these new places the other the other day. I think it's called Bunting. Bunting or Bunnings or something. Bunnings Warehouse. And it's replaced Homebase. And uh, it's an Australian firm. And by God, does it look like it? They've taken on a whole new load of staff. They're all very smart. 
in their uniforms. Everybody looks good. They've got self-service tills. They've, they've turned around what was home base, even though they've still got some of the home base stock in there. But they've got loads of stuff in there. I looked at the garden side of it, and they've got some really nice things. So I thought, I'm encouraged that uh, over next week, I'm going to start clearing out my pots, going to get the earth and getting all, all ready for it. They've even got in there, you know, the trolleys that mum and dad have. There's a little tiny version for children to push around. It's so cute. And I thought, that's good. That, that's what it's supposed to be. Let's get some blooming service back, shall we? Because, you know, the last lot were good, but uh, the, these ones are better. And I don't know where they've got them from. They don't even look as though they're local. So, in Mars and Spencer's. Now, listen, we've had this story a million times before, and I don't want to get it wrong, but I just want to, I, I, I'm not understanding it. So, we've had stories before of uh, prisoners who are trans, and they don't want to be in a male prison, they want to be in a female prison. Some females in the female prison don't want them because they're men who are transing into women. So it all becomes a little bit difficult. But if you are transing as a woman, a, a man to a woman, OK, you have to. If you're over the age of 50, you might not be getting any of this conversation at all. But I'm just telling you how it is. So if you're transing and you're going from man to a woman, presumably you want to be treated as a woman, which means that when you go into a toilet, you're going to go to the women's. You're not going to be going into the men's, are you? And you wouldn't be going into a men's changing room in the swimming pool. You'd be going into the women's changing room. Would you not? Because you're transing from a man to a woman. So here is a case of an actress called Liz Carr who's blasted Marks and Spencers after a transgender friend was stopped from using a men's changing room. Uh, Liz, who's in uh, Silent Witness. Uh, to be honest with you, I, don't, I couldn't tell you anybody who was in the thing, but I do love the programme. And um, she... Uh, was in this shop the other day with her wife and the person they were with, who I think identifies as a woman, was stopped from going into the men's changing room. Because obviously, I'm assuming that that this person looks like a woman, so they would say, well, you can't go into the men's changing room, but I am a man, I'm transing. Well, then you go to the women's because you're transing as a woman. I would have thought so. Anyway, they made a big brouhaha about it. And uh, anyway, Marks and Spencer now launched an investigation because people have complained about it. And um, this incident happened in Oxford Street. She tweeted, I bloody love Marks and Spencer normally, especially the food. But this happening to a friend of ours is just rubbish. Um, but I don't quite understand it. We don't tolerate any kind of discrimination. But I thought if you're transing from a man to a woman, surely you want to identify with the women's side of it. So you'd be looking at women's clothing, you want to use the women's toilet. Why would you want to use the men's changing room if you're trying things on? I don't understand that at all. That would just be ridiculous. But as I say, some people, and we turn into this country at the moment where vegans, you know, meat is murder, this is murder. Somebody complains about a ham and cheese sandwich in Old Vine's studio and you think to yourself, another bloody Australian telling us what to do. And yet they're all pronouncing murder against the farmers. It's apparently not OK to murder animals, but OK to murder farmers. And there they all stand, the little middle class Green Welly Brigade. Me is murder. Me is murder. You know, walking down High Street must be a blooming nightmare for half of these people. So, uh, so you've got that all over the papers for today because they've got people complaining about the fact that we're eating meat. Well, I'm terribly sorry. You know, that's what people do nowadays. They eat meat. They've done it for years and years. And I'm certainly not going to be dictated to by some Australian. Thank you very much indeed. Definitely not. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. I do love it. There's a lovely little piece in the paper today. I can't say exactly what it is, but it's a radio station. We're thinking of putting a bar in. 
because they've, they've got a couple of people who like a drink. They've also got quite a few presenters who love a drink at the same time. In fact, one of them I don't think has ever sobered up. So always an interesting one, isn't it? Uh, also, Anthony Cotton has uh, been put on ice because he apparently he's fallen over. Well, it's ice. It's slippery. What do they think about it? Uh, Corrie Villain, Pat Phelan's reign of terror appears to be coming to an end. I couldn't tell you anything about Corrie because I've got no idea. I don't even know where we are. I've really got no idea. Uh, Steve says, Jackie, told my son about you and Phil Vickery, making us feel peckish with food talk. He said he often sees lovely Fern Britain where he works. How nice to have a chef husband. I don't think people ever appreciate that, do they? I quite like the idea of... of it's like uh, women generally, if, if you're going to have a choice, somebody who cooks or a hairdresser. That would be it, wouldn't it? Or a doctor. Always very useful. And uh, Steve says, Noreen, we said a wonderful goodbye to Beryl. Beryl was part of our inner sanctum. And in fact, uh, I was looking at pictures of uh, me and Beryl the other day. But uh, she sadly died. And uh, the crematorium was packed. They had to bring extra seating in. Uh, They brought her in to Johnny Remember Me. She was a a big fan of John Layton. And uh, we left to Songs of Life by another big favourite of hers, Neil Diamond. The flowers look beautiful, as indeed they always do. It's a shame that somebody's not there to actually witness them and see them. The sun shone for her. Many tears were shed, and I know all our friends will all miss her very much, says Noreen. The second photo is a montage of photos of Beryl with music and snooker friends. And... uh, it's lovely, isn't it, really? But it's so sad when somebody goes, but it's the flowers. My mother didn't want flowers. We just had one coffin spray and, and a wreath from LBC. And that was it, because, they, because you end up leaving them. I don't want to leave them. I want to take them home. Because you look at the flowers that Beryl got. They're beautiful. Absolutely stunningly beautiful. They really are. They, they, they're just wonderful. But unfortunately, for funerals, they just leave the flowers there, and then they get sort of gathered up. And, and I always think, there must be something else we can do with them. I know at one time they used to say they would give them to the local hospices and things like that, because they are gorgeous. They really are. And people have spent a lot of money. You know, an average wreath is about £40 nowadays. You know, and it's something you're leaving there. No, 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 I'd be taking it back home again. I'd have it on, on a rental facility. Because <laughs> I'm looking at the ones, and she got, she got a load of flowers. And that was, uh, that was lovely. And you just sit there and look at them and you go, she did very, she'd have been so pleased that she got flowers. She'd be so pleased to be remembered, which is lovely. And um, so I'm glad you had uh, a good day. If, if that sounds trite, it's not meant to sound trite, but a good day means that she had a good send-off and, uh, and people remember her. And that's all you can do, can't you? Be like doing this programme. It was funny, the other day, Tony Blackburn has just been given a new contract <laughs> for two years. And he said, I hope he'll live long enough to fulfil it. And you do get like that. You get to a certain stage. You know, I'm not at liberty to discuss my uh, my contractual obligations to the company, but uh, sufficient to say I'll be here next year. And that's all I'm saying. I can't say anything. I get dreadful trouble. They say, why do you talk about that? I can't say anything like that. And you go, well, you know, success breeds success. Although they, they, they've given us a challenge. I'm probably not supposed to tell you this, but we have an audience at the, at the moment. And uh, it is the biggest audience. It's even bigger than some radio stations' entire audience. It's, a, it's as good as that at this time of the morning. And uh, so they, they, they've sort of, they've upped it. It's like a friend of mine used to work for a bank and they said, right, this year you need to get six million pounds worth of investment in. Six million quid's worth. Next time she went back, they went, you've done very well. We'd like eight million pounds worth of it. And you start going, oh dear, you've got to up the ante. So we have to up the ante a little bit. So I have to tell you well, I don't have to, but I'm going to, to tell your friends. Because the more people you actually tell, you know, the, the bigger the chances that we're going to hit the new target. And, it, and it's, 
It's not an... I don't think it's an undoable target. He says, raising his eyes, going, I don't know. I mean, I didn't think we were going to get to this target and this one. We'd, I mean, as I say, there was some poor little presenter. What's her name? Gemma Atkinson, Arthur... I don't know, I can't remember. And she's on a radio station. My audience is bigger than the entire radio station. I feel a bit guilty about the whole thing, that I'm sort of kind of hogging the limelight. But, you know, I don't do it intentionally. It's just the way it happens to, uh, to fall on the programme. Because at this time of the morning, you flip round. You're looking for somebody to be chatting. You know, and if you, if you flip round, flip round, and you go, OK, it's music. It's very nice indeed. You might like the song, and then it comes up, then it goes into another song, and then it's a station ident, and then somebody will say, hi, my name's uh, Bruce, whatever it is. And, uh, and then it sort of comes back again. But if, you turn, if you're flicking through the dials... And you come to this, you start listening to it, think, what is this? Who is this person? Then you go, Steve Allen. Steve Allen's early breakfast on LBC. And they go, and before you know where you are, you've done an hour. You haven't even had to try at it. You end up with an hour. And you know that you're successful because you see the audience figures and because everybody goes around with a big smile on their face. So I quite like that idea. You know, it's not big-headed. I'm just telling you facts and figures. But uh, it did make me laugh the other day. Somebody wrote into me years ago, about, I don't know, 20 years ago, saying, how much do radio presenters earn? Like it comes down to money, you know, and, and nobody ever understands because every person is completely individual. You know, it depends what you negotiate. And all I can say is that had I had enough money, I would have bought Amelia Cox a birthday present. But um, obviously not. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. It was so funny, just going back years and years ago when somebody wrote, say, how much do radio presenters earn? And, and they put a figure down, which was hilarious. And I wanted to write back and go, I pay more than that in tax. You know, you want to see my tax bill, but I don't care. Uh, I'm sorry to break this to you. This time of the morning, we've just had the president's ball. Uh, we've got rid of the grid girls, and yet we've now got Mylene Class spreading her frame over the paper state ne- naked. I nearly said nude. Naked. But, of course, she's covering everything up, so she's not really naked at all. She might as well be wearing a shroud. Doesn't make any difference at all. But you know what she's like as an exhibitionist? What's she flogging? Must be something. Oh, it's a workout video. Oh, there you go. This one is appealing to women and housewives and everything else. In other words, it's a load of old cobblers. Seriously. You want a diet thing? Go to the doctor. Do not buy a DVD. I've told you before, it it doesn't work. She's always been like this. She's not like Davina McCall. So you don't need to worry about it. But also, so she's going naked. Who's who's that supposed to appeal to? She think women look at that and go, oh, I could look like that. No, you couldn't. No, you couldn't, and you never will. So don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Um, here's a picture of uh, Mel B. And she hits back at critics who claim she's lightened her skin. It does seem to be... When I look at the picture of her here, I mean, either it's a looky-likey. It's a posed picture, by the way. Because if somebody had taken this, she'd be able to sue left, right and centre. And, um, and she's... Uh, Posing with her Spice Girl outfits. Oh, God, nothing like living in the past, is there, really? And uh, she says, yes, I do need a tan. I mean, it doesn't look like her. Whether or not it's, it's the way it's been taken, I've got no idea. It's very odd. Very, very odd. But, uh, as I say, she's an attention seeker and she makes porno films, and that's all I can tell you about it, because she had to pay the husband. Uh, Venice is drying up. They've got a picture of a canal here. I thought they were just water. They look like they were all concreted all these uh, places. It looks like they're sort of man-made canals. And apparently, um, there's a shortage of water and it's down about two feet. Down about two feet, which is not so good. Uh, Lovely June Whitfield on the gender pay gap. She says women must keep their heads down and do their jobs. She's from that generation. She's 92. 92. She's in a home now. She's in a home, but she's, uh, she's as lovely as ever. Lovely as ever. 
Uh, wife of death row Brit Justice Hope after 31 years. My husband was wrongly jailed for a double murder ordered by the drug kingpin Pablo Escobar, but I'll stay beside him to my last breath. Beats all those barking mad women who write to convicted murderers and paedophiles saying they want to be their pen pal and stuff like that. That's always slightly disturbing. My wife was a professional hairdresser, which as opposed to what? An amateur hairdresser. What's a professional hairdresser? Somebody who does it for a living. And uh, now she looks after people with Alzheimer's, which will come in handy in our later years, says Paddy. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. An update on the minivan crash outside the Starbucks in Shanghai, which you heard about in the news with Amelia. Local police are now saying it was an accident, not an attack. It's believed the driver was smoking whilst transporting gas tanks. 18 people have been injured. I mean, everybody in Shanghai smokes. I've never known a country where everybody smokes. People spend most of their time with cigarettes in their mouths. But in there by themselves, people can actually manage to inhale and keep the, the cigarette in their mouth. Very worrying, isn't it? 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Come on, you've got to pull your finger out this morning. It's no good sort of lying there going, oh, I'm terribly sorry, Steve, but, you know, I'm lying in bed at the moment. I haven't got the energy to do anything. Of course you have. Of course you have. Talking about Australian vegans, I've got a niece who, not only an Australian vegan, but she's a yoga teacher, says Jan. It's just that I don't quite understand vegans. They're obviously quite a... You know, some of them are quite nasty. You know, I mean, that, that idiot who sits in a studio with Jeremy Vine and notices a dead pig sandwich. And you think, you need to grow up, dear, and get a life. There's something the matter with you. You're obviously a little bit cracked. And, uh, and he, he sort of kicks off and makes a big fuss about it. And you think, how do you cope walking through department stores where they sell sandwiches? How do you cope at butcher shops? How do you cope at just about anything? How do you cope at life? And the answer is, they're Australian. We've seen their soaps, thank you very much indeed. And then they all threaten, you know, murder against farmers who rear sheep and cows and pigs and then they send them to slaughter. That's called life, dear, isn't it? I think you find they used to do it, you know, in the early days. Who they think they speak for, I've got no idea. There's a handful of these people. A handful. It's really very embarrassing. For them, I feel sorry for them. Daily Star this morning, Holly's hubby makes a big booby. This is Dan Baldwin, who they say went along to the... Uh, President's Club, and they call it a sex scandal. What do you mean sex... Would you like to justify sex scandal to me? Has anybody complained about being groped? Who's been named? Has anybody gone to the police? Are there any court cases pending? I don't think there's anything like that at all. Absolutely nothing. And then next to it, it's cheer we go to the fight the ban. These are the girls who walk around who are now complaining about the fact their living's been taken away for them from some sort of so-called well-meaning feminist going, oh, you can't do this. And the girls are saying, we want to do that. That's what we do for a living. You know, it's like all the girls on Loose Women. I call them girls because that's what you do when people get to a certain age when they're a bit gaga. And you go, uh, you know, so have, have you made the best of yourself? Yes. Have you put makeup on? Of course. Why? Make ourselves look good. Oh, right. So that's, that's a sexualisation of the programme, is it? Yesterday, uh, we talked and uh, on my trail at the end of the programme... Uh, I said, you know, it, uh, the producer had written up and why I'm angry with Stacey Solomon. So she then tweeted me going, why are you angry with me? And I wanted to say over what you said, but I didn't have the time yesterday. I was far too busy doing things, counting pennies and 2p pieces and uh, a little bars of money like that. And, um, and I wanted to say it's because you mentioned this bloke who came on to you at the beginning of your music career. And I said on the programme, name him, name him. Keisha in America named her record producer the one who she claimed had bullied her and, you know, threatened with all sorts of things. And I want to know who Stacey Solomons is. Because this person might still be alive. They might still be trying it on with people. And they might be too frightened to come forward. She has a duty 
to come forward and name. There's no problem with naming nowadays. You know, you can you can get it sort of sorted out. It can be sorted out. You don't need to sort of suffer, you know, in silence just talking about it. When you look at this picture of Mel, this can't be Mel B. It's a different colour person. It really can't be. I mean, apart from that, th th this one's young, whereas the other one we know is fairly ancient now. Uh, also, uh, save the footy cheer. And they've got a picture of the, the poor girls from Crystal Palace. The Crystal Girls. Um, apparently fan favourite. No, they're not. They're rubbish. They're rubbish. They're d the, the fans don't, don't want them. I don't know why you would want anybody like this. And then they've got the Formula One babes and they found somebody who looks as though he's a sort of go like that. And they've got we back the Formula One babes because it's their, their job. They, they like doing it. That's what they do. It's what they, they've got other work as well. I'm well aware of that. Old Davy Boy Beckham. You all right, Dave? You all right, mate? Old Chab Vicky. Uh, she's not happy, but uh, he's headed back out on the Raz again. Dear, honestly. I told you. This is, I'll tell you. You watch this story. Golden Balls. Not for many a year now. A bit tarnished, I would have thought. He was at a gangster's Miami nightclub. Now he's trying to flog his, uh, his grooming stuff. I mean, to be honest with you, it's, it's almost laughable because you know that he will actually sell anything. And so he, he flew back just to promote this and uh, she didn't turn up. She didn't turn up for it. Obviously way too busy. So obviously her, her, her job isn't even flexible. Do you know how much she charges for shampoo? 16 quid for shampoo. Rip off! People don't want to spend 16 quid on shampoo. But uh, he, he looked a bit ropey, actually. Unfortunately, he is a bit trailer trash, isn't he? Covered in tattoos. You might as well stick him over your face as well, Davy boy. She's just got a couple on her heel. But uh, all of a sudden, she's going to be seen as being, you know, out on a limb whilst he goes out there. Come, Brooke, let's go out there. Let's go and pull somebody, shall we? That'll be the next thing. That'll be the next thing, I can tell you. The McCann twins are 13 now. 13, that's what they say. And uh, believe it or not, Liam Payne and Cheryl's son... It's like the kid from the sixth sense because he sees dead people too. Yes, a few months ago, after the couple revealed their L.A. mansion is haunted, the new dad claims Baby Bear is keeping them up at night talking to ghosts. You are barking mad, aren't you, really? Both of you completely barking mad. And you've got an L.A. mansion? Good Lord above. Who paid for that, eh? I bet it was Liam. Because she must be running out of money by now. She hasn't, she's got the lifestyle, but she's only got the L'Oreal stuff. And uh, apparently she's going to be doing uh, an album. And as I say, with, with no programme to promote it on, it'll sink without trace. That'll be about the third thing that nobody's really bothered with at all. Jim Carrey's in the clear. Uh, the blackmail over the ex's suicide. And uh, he's been cleared by that. Oh, look, Anne Widdicombe wearing um, an oversized T-shirt because she's a, she's a hefty hideaway girl kicking a football. But uh, they say Shy Anne lured in by her own Celebrity Big Brother bathroom. Uh, they had the other day Amanda Barry given special time off to adjust her wig. I don't know why she wears a wig. What's, what's the point of wearing I might buy a wig, actually. I might buy a wig. And uh, Anne Whittaker was given her own private bathroom throughout the stay. What, are you different from us, dear? What have you got? Sort of... What a, was it, is, is something the matter with her or something? Does she smell? Or we'd have to go, oh, we'd have to put Anne in her own bathroom. Why? Well, because she's obviously demanded her own bathroom. What's the point of being in Big Brother, then? The whole idea is you're getting together, you'll soap each other up, Anne. You know, I mean, come on. That's the whole idea. That's what the programme is. It's not you having a... It's not, not a stay in a hotel, dear. Although it probably is for her, I should imagine. Do you think she'll win? Bloody well, I hope not. 
In fact, somebody was complaining bitterly about her, saying, listen, you know, because there are a few little right-wing queens who've gone, oh, you know, she's really done, you know, she's, she's our hero and all the rest of it. She's absolutely not. She's voted against everything to do with gay people. And, in fact, if it hadn't been for the early people battling, you know, you'd have still had Clause 28 in and stuff like that. She hasn't helped anything at all. She's second favourite. Courtney Act is the first one. Shane Lynch, I don't even know who's still in there. Wayne Sleep. I mean, the more drink he has, the worse he becomes. He's just a dreadful little show-off at the moment. Uh, Amanda Barry, not really. She's out, isn't she? Andrew Brady's out, and Ashley James just turns out to be a little bit of a woofer. You know, snogging, and, and we were very lucky. We resisted the temptation to have sex. God, your parents must be so thrilled. You're such a class act, aren't you? This, this sort of made-in-Chelsea bunch of bimbos, that's all they do is bed-hop. That's all they do, you know. And so have you been bedded by Spencer Matthews? Um, uh, no, you will be. Don't worry. He tries it on with everybody. Poor old Spencer, honestly. I feel a bit sorry for him. But uh, So it's either going to be Courtney Act or Anne Whittacombe or Shane Lynch or Jess Impiazzi, who burst into tears the other day over something. There's something the matter with all these people. Of course, if Anne Whittacombe doesn't win, that'll be a kick in the teeth for the fat bird, won't it? I mean, she'll be furious. You know, because she still thinks... She thinks if she's got her own special bathroom... What's the point of that? How does that work? Their own bathroom. As I say, probably because, you know, when you go in there, you go, what's that on the floor? And they go, um, it's a tent, I think. They go, no, it's her knickers. You go, oh, <laughs> bit tacky, isn't it, really? A little bit tacky. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Welcome to Friday, start of the weekend. Whoopee! Uh, the sad story of that little baby Alfie. Um, and they're, they're not taking the expert's advice. Uh, the uh, the uh, medical people have said that this uh, child is only moving because of spasms in the body when he's, when he's touched. Um, you know, barring the paraphernalia of breathing and feeding, he's, he's a very sweet little child, but he cannot survive. And if you touch him... He then does a seizure, and people interpret that as the fact that he's OK. Uh, his parents, Mr Evans and Kate James, want him to undergo further treatment and operations for his condition, and they've said, no, it's futile. It's absolutely futile. He's in a, a semi-vegetative state and has a degenerative neurological condition, and doctors uh, have said that, you know, to give him further treatment is unkind and inhumane. And so the parents, uh, who have changed their lawyers seven times on this one, um, have now said, let's bring some experts over. So they bring over three medical experts from the Vatican-linked Bambino Jeju Pediatric Hospital in Rome. Uh, they visited him. They reached the same conclusion. They've said here it's completely futile trying to find a cure or alleviating his seizures, and they couldn't provide any treatment. So where the parents think they're going to take this child, I don't know. What you have to do, and the judge has visited, the judge has gone. We've had a few celebrities who pronounced on it. They don't know anything at all. They've got no idea. You know, you might as well ask, you know, next door's cat, which is ridiculous. But uh, they say here, um, what else could the parents do? And the answer is that they can't do anything else, but at some point... They have to accept the fact, like in Charlie Gard, they have to let go. They have to say, we cannot do any more. It is inhumane to actually offer this, this child anything at all. It's unkind and it's unfair. So they want to stop. And uh, medical experts are unable to say how aware Alfie is of his surroundings. 
and that if he can feel the soothing touch of a hand, he must be able to feel the sharp pinprick as he suffers pain during ongoing treatment. Um, a pa a people here, they even had a German expert. He said maybe the disease will ultimately be named after him. It's a, it's a fatal disorder. The Italian experts have suggested operations, a tracheotomy and gastrotomy to help him breathe and feed and keep him alive for an undefined period. But people now say it's, it's inappropriate. This is going to be absolutely the cruelest ever. So they've had all these T-shirts printed, which they had for Charlie Gard. If you remember, loads of people sat outside the High Court, people who were just there for the television cameras, and sort of saying, save Charlie Gard and all this kind of thing. They don't know anything about the case. They know nothing about it. They're just, you know, people who are interfering busybodies, who are sort of, you know, the experts are the people in the hospital. And as I said at the beginning of the programme, if you think you know better than them, well, you go set up your own little hospital and see how far you get because they've said it's inhumane to keep this little child alive. Tragic though it is, best to let them go, you know, whilst you're sort of semi-thinking normally, because it must be a very difficult thing to do, very difficult. But, you know, it was, it's, it's a difficult thing. It's a very difficult thing. You can't just say to somebody, listen, uh, we're not going to give any more treatment and the child's going to die, because if they took the child off all the equipment that he's on at the moment, he'll, he'll, he will die. And that's it. So what, what do you want to do about it? We had it with Charlie Gard. It sort of made all the newspapers. This one, you know, the moment Rebecca Vardy turned up with Dennis Wise and somebody else. I remember, who was it? Jimmy Lomas. And I remember thinking, what the hell are you doing there? It's not your child. You don't know anything about it. You're just interfering. And Rebecca Vardy goes, oh, as soon as I actually touched him, you know, he sort of responded. It's a spasm, dear. That's why you're thick and you don't know what the doctors are telling you. They've told you what it is. You know, it's that responding to a, a touch. You know, that doesn't mean that they're responding to you. They're responding to just... Which means they're also responding to pain. So, in other words, if they have pain, they will do exactly the same thing. But as I say, trying to explain that to people who don't understand medical procedures is probably very, very difficult. Anyway, 84850, steve at uk. Uh, congratulations on the listening figures. Well, we haven't actually had them yet. I'll just try to explain. Why don't some people listen? Are some people deaf or something? <laughs> I mean, really, it's so embarrassing, really. Can't be bothered. Uh, the Daily Express, snoring raises a risk of dementia. Uh, because if you snore, you effectively die during that, that sort of nanosecond. And so you're three times more likely to develop dementia. It's always something to look forward to, isn't there, in later years? You know, the inability to walk, the inability to climb stairs, the inability to stand up in a shower. There's all sorts of problems. Uh, the new Monopoly is out now. This is the Cheaters edition. It is called the Cheaters Edition, I believe. And uh, players are encouraged to break the rules and be dishonest. Isn't it a shame that they've done that with Monopoly? I quite like Monopoly. That was our favourite game at Christmas. Theresa May, when she was seeing people doing the lion dance for her, as uh, she's over in Beijing, um, I think she thought they were really lions. And then she had a cup of... Um, of a China tea. You could see she didn't like it. She was just trying to be polite. Yes, it's lovely. Thank you. Because you have it without um, without uh, milk or any sugar or anything like that. Who is the least handsome James Bond? Apparently Daniel Craig. Heavens above. I thought he was very popular. What are they looking for now? It's a bit difficult to tell, isn't it? What you're looking for in James Bond. It certainly ain't going to be Harry Styles unless they're doing a junior version. Uh, definitely not. Uh, also, also a picture of Dolly Parton. What's she doing? She still gets excited when she finds out she has a new fan and she's discovered that Adele is a fan. I bet Adele's making more money 
than Dolly Parton. I've just got this feeling. I bet she is, actually. Because we like Adele, which is good. Uh, Jim Carrey, as I told you earlier, has been cleared over involvements in the suicide of his ex-girlfriend. Uh, this is over claims that he gave her a sexually transmitted disease. And there's a nobody left in the world. It's, you know, even stuff from 36 years ago is being recycled. And here he is, former army reservist Jordan Craig. Jordan Craig's a common little tea leaf. He's a thief. He's a postman. And uh, he targeted letters addressed to youngsters because he knew there was a good chance they contained money. So anything addressed to master or miss, this is up in Norwich. So mind you, you know, he might have had something sent from Norwich. Uh, but he was caught red-handed when suspicious bosses put test packages on his round. A search of his locker revealed 83 opened letters or parcels. And that's what they do now. They, they, somebody will say, oh, I've lost a parcel here. This has sort of gone. And they, they do a test, a test parcel to see if it actually makes its, its destination. All he's got through thieving, um, he, he's, he's been ordered to pay back legal costs from his pension pot of £16,331. He's, he's now jobless. Good, good, because he's a thief. I would hope nobody would ever employ him ever again. Honestly, he said he was trying to support his troubled partner who's man, who has mental health issues. What, by thieving? By thieving? No, 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 you don't, mate. You really don't. He says, I now know there is help out there. You're a bit thick, aren't you, for your age? What do you mean, you now know that there is help out there? But he's been given an 18-week jail sentence, suspended for 18 months. Uh, £5,000 from his pension and do 120 hours of unpaid work. I don't, people use any old excuse, don't they? My partner's got mental health issues, so, you know, I was helping out. What, by thieving from other people? That helps out, does it, you stupid so-and-so? It does annoy me, doesn't it? It's like the Tramadol girl. You know, I, I was so happy. I, I was nearly apoplectic when I discovered that they were going, oh, she's going to be released and people are going, oh, that's nice, isn't it? And 90% of you were going, no, let's leave her in there. She's a drug smuggler. She has to learn the difference between right and wrong. I couldn't care less. I hope they don't release her in a year. I should be furious. But you know what happens in the case of some court case? They go, oh, for, you know, for Hong Kong, Hong Kong Cordial. Uh, also, um, what was the other one, actually? Oh, Paul McCartney has revealed his secret routine before gigs. He watches what? He watches what? Uh, also, um, James Jordan, as I say, turns up on Big Brother's bit on the side. No work at the moment, uh, is it really, for poor old James Jordan? Uh, they had to cancel the tour, he said, because of a bad back, apparently. I thought it was lack of ticket sales. Who'd be interested in seeing them? You know, they have a, a website. They're not really working on the television. That's the best he can get now, talking about other deadbeat celebrities. Very embarrassing. And um, Naked Nymphs taken off display in art galleries. You know, to be honest with you, it's disgusting. And I don't want to mention it too much, but if you go into the V&A Museum, there are lots of pictures of children with no clothes on being held by their mothers and breastfeeding. It's disgusting, and they should be stopped immediately. So I'm proposing we close down all the museums. Anything that's got nymphs and shepherds playing around, I'm afraid we have to stop. Coming up to the news at five o'clock this morning, it's Steve Allen's early breakfast. Do you know, one in five people retire with £34,000 worth of debt. Birdseye acts an ad over a water warning. We're turning into this country now because they're talking... Well, I'll tell you about it later on. Also, free condoms at the Winter Olympics. 110,000. I'm surprised they've got the time, actually. I mean, every time you see somebody going down the slope, all they're thinking about is sex. 
which is slightly disturbing, because every time I look at them going down the slope, I also think about sex. Uh, the fight with Mr and Mrs Muscle and the hard-up police by Gold Art. All of that and SAS Bob gets a house. Well, it's a bungalow, but it's as good as... You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Friday, 2nd of February. I know. I know. It's good, isn't it, the, the, the way that the year is racing through? I don't know why we just don't keep the Christmas decorations up. It'll be November before we've... Uh, before we've thought about it. And, and somebody's pinched our decorations. There's a nice little tree under here with lights on and a, and a piece of tinsel. Admittedly, not the best tree and tinsel you've ever seen with a set of lights. Luckily, I've got a set of lights at home. We're going to have to make sure we take it home, actually. We're failing that by, by very cheap stuff. I mean, the producer practically went into overdraft getting the tree. Where are we going to get a little tree like that from? I don't know. I wonder why somebody removed it. Do you think Alistair Campbell complained? Because he, he came from this studio. Perhaps he doesn't like Christmas. Could be that kind of thing, couldn't it? Uh, the free condoms I mentioned at the Winter Olympics, 110,000 of them. Why do they get free condoms? Surely they're all athletes. They're supposed to be training for stuff like this. Uh, also, the student boss, accused of bullying, says her critics are racist. I think not, actually. Once a bully, always a bully. Uh, 36 years on, police say Robert Wagner's story about the death of his wife, Natalie Wood, does not quite add up. They say he's changed it so many times. Um, he's admitted they had an argument. They definitely had a, an argument. That's all, that's all I know. There was an argument at the time. As I say, the, the rumour was that he was out there with this other actor and things might or might not have gone on. And she came back and saw it and apparently hit the roof. And, and that was that. Now, whether that's true, I don't know, or whether it's just one of those sort of stories. But whatever it is, her death is unexplained, 36 years on. Um, what was the other one? Oh, yes, um, the, the national treasures in all the galleries. There's one, one gallery somewhere have uh, removed a picture of naked nymphs. I mean, what is going on in the world? We need to close down Vatican City. There's loads of naked statues. The whole place is full of naked statues. Men... Manchester Art Gallery. I mean, honestly, the two words, the three words going together, Manchester Art and Gallery. Kind of makes you worry about it, doesn't it, really? But over in Rome, you can't move for naked statues. They used to have naked games. People walked about and ran about naked. Well, hey, sounds fun, doesn't it? No, no, apparently not in Manchester. Oh, no, we can't have things like that. You know, th this is the place that's got Canal Street, which used to be gay. And ever since Queer as Folk on the television, it turned into sort of, you know, girls' night out. They wanted to go and see drag queens all over the, uh, all over the place. Uh, dogs can sense fear and may bite. They had a thing on the television the other day. I liked it. And it was in the countryside. And it were all these people out in the countryside. And they, they were training their dogs up to be sheep dogs. And they go for a lot of money. They go for like £500. But they're working dogs. They're not pets, they're working dogs. And it was wonderful. And a woman won, and she's a rarity. But I was so pleased. I, was, I loved the programme. I sat there, gripped to it, thinking I must go, and, must go and make a cup of tea. But I sort of, I forewent it. Uh, thank you for the image of Anne Widdicombe soaping up while her knickers sit on the floor. <laughs> this was after it was revealed. This was after it was revealed that Anne Widdicombe's got a separate bathroom from everybody else. I mean... What well, does she take her clothes off and morph into something from the programme V? I don't quite understand why she would have a separate bathroom. What's the point of booking the old woman? She doesn't serve any useful purpose, does she? Um, um, Simon says, I don't believe snoring can cause dementia. I've been snoring since I can remember. Thank you. And uh, Martin talks about Babe Station. That has to go. I'm sorry, you cannot have perverted stuff like that on the television. 
I mean, I would have thought that would be the first thing to go. Somebody lying on a bed in their bikini, sometimes not with the bikini on, and sort of whispering sweet nothings into the television. You know, phone me, phone me, mm, phone me now. You think, what is this rubbish on the television? A bunch of old tarts. You know, but that's their living. That's what they do. They can't do anything else. They're not bright enough. So they have to do that. And so, in theory, you shouldn't really be able to take it away from them, should you? I don't think so. Steve, you're in my ears. I hear you for years. You chat great. I don't tell my mates. The snow is here. Shame Christmas isn't. You're on tablets, aren't you, really? I mean, that is the only way to justify that one. And uh, somebody else says, Simon, my wife... Why is it always darling wife? You know she's not your darling wife. I mean, she is for the purposes of this conversation, obviously. She's riddled with flu. Doesn't want to get up. Well, obviously, no, she's riddled with flu. Why would you want to get up? It lays you low. It lays you low. You know, if, if you have flu or a cold, it's never flu, is it? It is just a cold and people go, oh, I don't feel very well at all. And you go, well, you know, can you not do anything? Oh, I can't do anything at all. I can lie down on the settee. That's my favourite thing, lying down on the settee with my legs curled up underneath me. And then they go dead and you get off the settee and you fall on the floor. As I say, occupational hazard for Steve Allen. I spend most of my time on the floor. Uh, 84850. Uh, Steve, doesn't uh, Mylene Class work in your building? Does she come to work in swimwear and skimpy underwear? Yeah. Yeah, she does. What would be, why would people be asking that? No, I see her every day. Well, I say see her every day. I see every bit of her every day. In the bit. She's, she's been in here with her, um, with her pyjamas on before now. And like a dressing gown kind of thing. I always thought she was filming something, you know, some sort of documentary on people who take the kids to school. Uh, Steve, no talk of Anne's pants. I'm eating my porridge. <laughs> I just don't understand why she'd have a separate bathroom. Why are you pandering to this woman? She's nobody. She has to do a cheap reality show to make a living now. Nobody's interested in her political views. I mean, she's an old dinosaur. She had her day years ago. Jan says, talking about mistaking Anne's knickers for a tent reminded me of something that happened when I had a little cottage near Hitchin. It had low sash windows quite a while ago when I was bigger. I was telling my son that my knickers, which were drying on the radiator under the window, got blown into the front garden. I got home from work to see a pair of my knickers draped over a bush. My son asked me if the neighbours thought the paratroopers had landed. It's not nice, is it? But we used to, years ago, do you remember when you used to have look, an old-fashioned thing, ladies and gentlemen, a washing line? Do you remember? It would be stretched across the garden. Ours had a big pole in the middle so you could raise it up. And, and you put pegs on. And if it was very blowy, things would blow down. You'd have to go running into the garden to try and pick things up. You've still got one, have you? Sad person, honestly. My mother had a rotary. We had a rotary dryer. That was exciting. But this was a line across the garden with a pole with a V at the top of it. And, and I remember thinking, you don't see that now because most people have got dryers. And so you dry the stuff indoors. But no, a rotary dryer was lovely. And it folded up. Yeah, in the summer. All oh, right. Save on the electric. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I remember getting my first washer dryer. I was quite excited actually. I thought, oh, washer dryer. I'm due a new one actually, but uh, then I'm due quite a few things. But I'm so mean, I refuse to buy one. I don't need. It. Listen, you know, very near me, my friend Thomas has got a dry cleaner. He does. He does my washing and ironing. I don't do it. Nothing to do with me at all. I, I really have nothing to do with things like that. You know, because you, you get to that stage where you go, who can be bothered to wash things and then get the ironing? I don't even have an ironing board. I don't have an ironing board, so there's no point in me doing anything like that at all. So I pay Thomas. I went to buy... I bought some shirts yesterday. I was in Costco, and I bought some some shirts and some bits and pieces because they, they just look quite nice, actually. at 20 quid each. I thought that was about right, so I took him in there. He has to take all the bits and pieces off them, and then he irons them for me, and I shall pick them up today. 
in between doing all the other little bits and pieces. <laughs> it's a busy day, Friday. Isn't it funny? Friday should be the day where I sort of sit back. And I wanted to have what Phil Vickery said the other day, which was mashed potato with baked beans, Heinz. It's got to be Heinz. I know other people make them, but no, nobody tastes like Heinz. And then grated cheese on the top. And that, to me, sounds like a, a nice meal. Do you remember the other day I did uh, Uncle Ben's rice with, with sweet corn? I'm nothing if not cordon bleu, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Blue Peter's bling badge for its 60th. I never got a Blue Peter badge. I was never, never, never lucky enough to do anything like that. The Bentley driver caught speeding by the volunteers. He's reported them to the police. So easy if you've got one. You, just, you only have to touch the accelerator and the thing takes off. I think he's got a very similar one to mine. And, uh, I mean, you can, you can find yourself doing, you know, 80 or 90 without even thinking about it. It just, there's no, there's no, there's no sort of wind rushing through your hair. Uh, Kevin says, it wasn't Anne Whittaker who requested a separate bathroom. It was at the request of the other contestants. God. Oh, dear. Dear me. And, um, and Philip in Bournemouth says, you ask why Anne has her own bathroom. Would you want to share one with her? No. But then, you know, you're all doing the same job. They're in there for a fee. They've had to take the golden shilling because there's no work in their real life. And so Anne comes out of doing pantomime, which I should imagine she's pretty chronic at, and, uh, and then does a reality show. And then they go, and, and, you've got, and her agent will say, oh, she'd like a separate bathroom. What for? Well, because she's an old woman. So? Nobody else has separate bathrooms. Why do they pander to her? I'd have said, I'm terribly sorry, Anne, we're taking a bathroom. Away. You know what she'd have done? She'd have thrown a tantrum of all tantrums. She's like that. Deeply unpleasant. Deeply unpleasant. Uh, extractable. Better than a rotary one. Did you remember, do you remember years and years ago, they used to have one in the bathroom. Um, and it pulled out from the wall and it had about five or six strings on it. And then you attached it to the other end of the bath. So when stuff drained, it drained into the bath. Do you remember that one? No, just me again. Uh, but I do remember the rotaries. I thought they were very good. I, I, liked, uh, I liked rotaries. They were very good. I don't have a rotary now because, um, as I say, I don't do any washing and ironing. If anything needs washing, it goes over the road to the uh, to the dry cleaners. Uh, it's naff to call your husband hubby. Who says? Oh, sorry. Who actually says that? Um, it's um, it's one of those posh magazines. One of those posh magazines, and they uh, they've actually decided that uh, you don't call somebody hubby. A friend of mine says Costco. Sounds amazing. Do you have to be recommended and seconded? No, you don't. You just go in there. You need to take two utility bills and then you and you can join instantly. Use it straight away. It's like a warehouse. It's like macro or well, no, no, it's less than 80. You can do it much cheaper. It depends on what sort of grade of membership you want to come in at. And then you go round there and Christmas decorations are in early. They sell washing machines, clothes, shoes, um, food, meat, birthday cakes. Uh, yesterday, crab claws. It's huge. It's just like a big warehouse. And they're all over the place. £33 with VAT. But you need to take... Is it two utility bills you need to take in? I think. And you need to be... There's, there's a whole list of professions uh, who, who can join. But all sorts of people join. I'm a member as myself, as Steve Allen. Because I'm, I'm Steve Allen trading as Steve Allen. So that's it. They, 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 they take your photograph. They print the little card off. Off you go. That's it. And then every year, depending on which card you've got, you get a discount. So yesterday I had credit because every time you spend money, you get, you know, 20 pence, 30 pence. And over the course of the year, it adds up. Yesterday I had 140 quid. So all I had to pay was 90 pounds. And I ended up with a boot full of stuff. I mean, really, it was a good boot full of stuff. 
Uh, Steve, the loose women, says Andy, have been rightly criticised online uh, for braying and cooing over Jake Quickenden not long after they condemned men for drooling over Formula One grid girls. The alleged ladies on the panel look increasingly hypocritical. I've said yesterday and uh, that um, it's, it's one of those things. You cannot do it. They, they were talking about the Formula One girls, and then when Jake Quickenden came on, they were drooling all over him, and it's, you can't do it. You cannot do it. Linda says, love my extractable line. Easier to use and not unsightly, like a rotary. And Steve, my granny, had a clothes horse. It was on a pulley attached to the ceiling. I remember. I remember those very well. And also the wooden clothes horses that you pulled up like a concertina. Those I do remember. And uh, Pauline Cromer read yesterday, I'll be doing a podcast with Polly James about talk radio. I should look forward to listening to that. Yes, I don't know when we're doing it. When are we doing it? I can't remember. Oh, it's next weekend, apparently, we're doing it. So... There you go. There you go. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, a very nice heavy company. A friend of mine sent me a picture in of a Blue Peter badge. And underneath he's written, birthday sorted. I want the gold one. <laughs> nothing, like, nothing like being pushy, is there? I never got it. I did go down to Blue Peter. It was one of the very few, might still be actually, live programmes on the BBC coming from Television Centre. And it was in the days of Simon Groom. And Peter Duncan, I can't tell you who the, who the women were at the time. But anyway, I wrote to Biddy Baxter, because uh, I was doing a programme called Night Extra. And she wrote back and said, I'm a big fan of Night Extra, but I'd rather you spoke to Simon Groom, because he was the newest member of the team. And so I went down to interview Simon Groom. He had a farm at Dethick, and I watched the programme going out. And it was very interesting, because it was a huge studio. Studio number one was enormous. And that's where they did Blue Peter from. The Cats would be sitting on the cushions, eating the food that was pushed into the middle of the cushion. The moment they'd finished the food, they ran straight off set. They couldn't keep them there at all. The dogs were all over the place. But it was very interesting to watch, you know, how many people. I went to the Blue Peter office and did all kinds of things. That was the thing you could do in the early days. You could write to somebody and say, oh, I'd love to come and watch the, the programme. Now I know how, how programmes work. Uh, Steve says, Madeleine, they should have given Anne an outhouse. Spiders and all. And uh, and Kevin says, they still do over-the-bath pull-out dryers. I put one up for my son last week. <laughs> Always want more, says my friend. I know. I just went, what would you have to do to get a gold Blue Peter badge? The new one out uh, to celebrate 60 years is uh, is blinged up beyond all belief. Really, really blinged up. See, I quite like that idea. But I'm, I'm not a badge-wearing person. I was never a prefect at school. We didn't like prefects. You know, pre- prefects, they, they sort of turn us smarmy. And they had prefect on their badge. And you just think, yeah, pfft, like, we, like we cared, ladies and gentlemen. Front page of the, of the Daily Mail, they're talking about prostate cancer. Uh, they say that one man dies every 45 minutes in this country of prostate cancer. And yet, that's a bigger killer than breast cancer, which gets twice the amount of funding. It's quite clearly a bias against men. Men, they don't care whether you die or not, but for women, they're going to spend a lot of money. Nobody talks about prostate cancer. I think Nick Ferrari did it a few years ago, and you can, you can test for prostate cancer. It's just a little blood test, just a blood test, and that will sort of sort it all out. Uh, also, a picture of uh, a dinghy in the channel, nine Albanians on a night crossing to Britain, so we'll have to put up with them now. Where, where we put these people, I've got no idea. Trying to make a good impression, you have to avoid... Um, Certain words. These are the no-go terms that Tatler deems uncool, Okay, Achingly, meaning extremely. Back in the day, in the past. 
aficionado, somebody knowledgeable about a certain subject. Bang on trend. Very, I've, I've started using that. That's on trend. I don't really know whether I am on trend or not. Uh, colourways. A range of colours. Seems a bit obvious, doesn't it, really? Uh, then they've got legendary, just uh, described uh, something known by many. Nibble. Nibble on, apparently, is even worse. You know, I was nibbling on a biscuit the other day. Uh, panties. You don't say panties anymore. They call them widdies. Widdies wedges. Uh, penned. You don't. Uh, pooch. Dog. Uh, thin. Having too little flesh. Tipple. And I have a little tipple, you know, a little squishy old tipple. Uh, twinkling eyes, apparently, is not good. Tasty, unless used ironically. Oh, this is really tasty. In other words, like, ugh. They had a bloke the other day on the television. He was doing the um, uh, Come Dine With Me. And uh, there was one bloke on there. I quite liked him, actually. He's called Richard. And Richard was, um, was sort of... Uh, Basically saying, this food is rubbish. He was trying to do an eaten mess, and it wasn't an eaten mess. His roast potatoes, he lied through his teeth. He said, they said, did you make these roast potatoes? Well, you can tell Aunt Bessie's or cheaper versions just by the way they look, because they've come off a machine. And he said, no, I've done, you can see, because I put semolina on them. Anyway, they were rubbish. They didn't crisp up at all. And unfortunately, if you've got a roast potato that is not crispy, it's not a roast potato. And he lied, but he got really, really precious. Really, really precious about the whole thing. This uh, friend of mine, he says, um, I think the, the normal ones are the coolest design is classic. This is the Blue Peter badges. And the lady who presented the first ever Blue Peter with Christopher Trace and then for a further four years has never seen yourself on it because they were all live. They never recorded them. No, they, they have certain ones that were recorded. Do you remember they, they had certain things? They had standards on Blue Peter. One of them was at one time having had the animals. And you know the reason they had the animals? Because most kids didn't have pets. So that became your pet. So we sort of adopted Petra and the tortoises and all that kind of gubbins. And, and then we had the Blue Peter baby. Do you remember? We had the Blue And every week they'd go, oh, here's the Blue Peter baby. And they'd drag this poor child on. And we'd be treated to giving baby a bath. Small wonder there was any wonder of people going, I want baby too. And they all lived in Essex. And, uh, and they eventually got them. And then they were recorded uh, for Posterity in OK magazine. And that's, and that, but that's what it was, you know. And then, of course, it's always Anthea Turner, like, oh, God, you know, and Tracy Island. She never came up with Tracy Island. She just had to demonstrate how to do it. But she was a bit, yeah, 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 yeah. Showed up the other day, actually, to somebody's birthday party. And I looked at the photograph and I went, oh, God, Anthea Turner. There's something odd about Anthea Turner. Very strange. I couldn't quite put my finger on it. Uh, Steve, you keep mentioning Anne Widdicombe's knickers. Some sort of fantasy. Yeah, and what's your problem? Why can't people have a fantasy about Anne? What are you saying? She's an ugly little fat bird who is not people's fantasy. There's loads of people fancy Anne Widdicombe. Loads of people. They, 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 they go, oh, Anne Widdicombe, I could take you for a trip around the world a few times, darling. You know, you can imagine she goes out to one of these. And what if she does after dinner speaking? She probably does, actually. I would think that'd be her sort of thing. And I can imagine it. So the trouble is nobody's ever said to her, you know, you're just not very good. Nobody's ever said that. It's like the royal family. Charles, you're really funny. You know, Harry, we really think you're hilarious. You know, not too sure about other aspects. They are. She's an accomplished after-dinner speaker. There you go. I told you she would be. Obviously, nothing in the diary at the moment. There you go. What, what does she talk about? When I was in the Big Brother house, I had my own bathroom. You can imagine, can't you? She's, she's probably a jack-of-all-trades, but master of absolutely nothing, I would think. Uh, other stories which are in the papers for today... 
We don't know about Holly Willabooby and her husband Dan. We don't know whether or not. Anne Widdicombe, former MP, broadcaster and author. Well, she's... This is her agency website. She was the Conservative Member of Parliament for the constituency of Maidstone in the Weald until she retired in 2010, and then, of course, there was nothing. She's held multiple cabinet positions. She's been top drawer, middle drawer, bottom drawer. And uh, also, sometimes controversial policy views, you know, on the subject of abortion and uh, the death penalty. And uh, she doesn't like homosexuals as well. And then she's been on Have I Got News For You? Well, I've never seen her on Have I Got News. Have you ever seen her on Have I Got News for you? I've never seen her. I'm sure she's done it. And a competitor on Strictly Come Dancing. She's also the author of five fictional books. Uh, Anne supports many charities. Book Anne for speaking or presenting awards. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. Uh, her fee band. You want to know how much you can book her for? Go on, guess. How much you can get Anne Whittacombe for? Five grand. That's the banding that she's in. Put down... Is this, is this an agency that's got... Oh, here we go. We can have fun with this one now. Let's have, wait a minute. Who's that? Giles Brandreth. Find out Giles. I love Giles. I think he's great. How much is Giles Brandreth? How much is he going for? He's... Oh, he's £15,000. That's his fee banding. Small wonder Anne Widdicombe's really fed up with people. But he's actually funny. He's actually very good. Oh, find, me, find me somebody else. Find me somebody else. Uh, who else we got here? Um, Alexander Armstrong. He's not, I think he, he's going to be 10. He's going to be 10. OK, Anne Widdicombe is five grand. Giles Brandreth is 15. How much do you think Alexander Armstrong is in, in the price bracket? This is why I always say to people, they're so out of touch with what people are in the business. 30,000. So if you booked him for an after-dinner speech, he'd be 30 grand. How much Jimmy Carr? Jimmy Carr, probably the same, I would have thought. Let's have a look. He's... Oh, free. <laughs> so there's, there's no, 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 no price on Jimmy Carr at all, which is a shame. They've obviously got wise to us trying to find out. He's so expensive, you have to get a private quote for Jimmy Carr. Because what they've done, they've all got these things. A friend of mine, I told you, did it. 25,000 quid for an hour. How much for James Corden? You'll never get a price on him, surely. No, you don't get a price on James Corden because he's huge in America. How much was Steve Wright? I'm sorry, I like to check these things. I'm just, just sort of doing it because, you know, you've got to be a, a good after-dinner speaker. Uh, oh, Rob Bryden, he'd be expensive. James Nesbitt. Oh, Rory Bremner, Simon Callow. Good God, in her. So, oh, 15,000. Oh, Anne, Anne is way down the list, isn't she? Steve Wright is 15,000. Um, Jonathan Ross. Oh, Anton Deck. There'd be no price on Anton Deck. Absolutely no. Oh, there is. No, there isn't. There, they would, you'd be looking at Anton Deck, 40,000, 20,000 each for an hour. That's all you'd be getting for an hour. Isn't that amazing? Heavens above. Notice, I, oh, Adrian Childs, pound. That would be, uh, feed, oh, Adrian Childs. Doesn't have a price. Anton Deck, though. Who'd be the best? Claire Balding. She'd be good. She'd be good. We like Claire Balding. And she's, she's the, the 10,000, oh, no. Andrew Castle's 10 grand. So when you speak to him on Saturday morning, you go, 10 grand for after-dinner speaking. And he, he does a few, doesn't he, things like that, and, uh, and presenting and that kind of stuff. I don't do it, to be honest with you. I can't be bothered putting on a dinner jacket and standing there in front of a load of drunks. No, thank you. No, thank you. Who's that? Dan Walker. Oh, blimey. He's, he's got to be a couple of thousand, doesn't he? Oh, he's in the 10,000. He's famous for BBC Breakfast and Football Focus. Riveting. You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
Do you know, the more I look through, and I'm sorry to say this now because I'm, I'm that kind of person and it's Friday and I don't care. I've thrown my toys out with the bathwater. When you look at how much people get for after-dinner speaking, it's very interesting that Anne Widdicombe, considering she thinks she's the bee's knees, she's the cheapest. You know, even Ashley Banjo goes out for twice what Anne Widdy, 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 Widdicombe would get. She's on the five grand pace scale. Uh, Bob Geldof... You have to negotiate that. Boris Becker, you have to negotiate. Brian Cox is about £30,000. Caprice Borette is 5000 Businesswoman and model. <laughs> yeah, right. Carlos Acosta. Never heard of him. Um, but it's interesting when you look at some of these, some of these people who do have... See, Clive Woodward, uh, he's £15,000. This is what they're, they're banding is. Deborah Meaden's ten. We liked her. I thought she was fun, actually. Duncan Ballantyne's thirty. El McPherson, you have to apply. And Gareth Malone, you have to uh, apply as well, if, if you really want so. We reckon Ant and Deck are about £100,000. That's what we actually reckon. But uh, I have done a couple of after-dinners, and believe you me, there's an art to it. Uh, James Cracknell, fifteen grand. James Dyson, again, you've got to inquire about it. And uh, But it's Anne Widdicombe. She's dirt cheap. I mean, she really is at, uh, at five grand. But what could she talk about? could she talk about? I don't, you know, she's not even interesting. If she was pleasant, in fact, Joe Malone is 20, 20 grand plus. We had a very, very good in conversation with Joe Malone behind Joe Loves. We didn't pay her 20 grand, I have to tell you. I didn't pay her 20 grand. She had a book out and it was, it was lovely and she was very gracious. And, uh, and I got some lovely candles, which, was, which I was very pleased about. That was very nice indeed. Katie Piper is 10,000. 10, Kelly Hoppins, 30,000. Chris Akabusi, he's 10. God. Levi Roots is 10 and who's Liggy Webb? Never heard of half of these people on here. You look at the, the list of people. Do you know that there is a guy in America who's, I think, what well, he was years ago, one of the highest paid after dinner speakers. You've never heard of him. He's a psychiatrist and he does a speech about everything that you relate to, which is teaching children to eat food. He said children learn. He said they don't come into the world knowing happiness or sadness. They don't know anything like that. They learn it. They learn how to play you. So they sit there and they know if they scream, they don't have to eat their food and you'll throw it away. So all you do is you bring it out the next day and they learn. He said you have to train children. You can put Will I Am. That'll be an interesting one, wouldn't it? And, and he said, do, do not give flowers to the dying or the dead. They don't appreciate them. He said, give them to the living which actually is probably very sensible advice. And he's, like, really high paid. So that's why we reckon Anton Deck, because they're topical, uh, they'd have to work out a routine. But you get people in to do that for you. 100 grand, I reckon, plus. A bank could afford to book Anton Deck easily. Uh, Dave reckons how much uh, the GC is. The GC, the Gemma Collins, because she's been on a diet. Yeah, right, for the purposes of flogging something to you. Uh, I would think you'd, you'd probably get her uh, for a couple of Greg's pasties and half a pizza. Sorry, a whole pizza. I mean, you wouldn't have to pay very much for her at all. Uh, Pizzi would be captivating as an after-dinner speaker. He'd probably throw in a rendition of Mysterious Girl for free, says Jane. <laughs> and then somebody says, you um, you started saying about Holly Willoughby and her husband. Oh, well, it's, it's on the front page of um, the Daily Star this morning. He was at the presidential club ball thing. So they say he was on the list. We don't know if he was there or not. But interestingly enough... The next day, after this, this broke and it was in the papers, this morning never touched it. Very odd, isn't it? Very strange, that one, I think. Out here in the real world, says Mary. Oh, please. 
We still have washing lines, rotary, or with clothes props. I even have one of those Victorian-style clothes airers in the kitchen. Lovely. And then Steve says, I've just heard you say you don't know if you're on trend or not, but I suggest you are the trend setter. You're probably right, actually. Because all we do on this programme is we have an opinion. Like, every single person... It always makes me laugh when somebody, you know, will write in and go, oh, all you ever do is criticise people. You think, I'm sorry, are you the person I was talking about? No, butt your nose out. You know, mind your own business. You know what people are like. They're curtain twitchers, they are. That's what we call them. Uh, Steve says, Jan... When you mimicked Anne Widdicombe speaking, I thought Her Majesty had visited the LBC studio. I was watching Her Majesty the other day, and uh, I love it. I absolutely love anything to do with the royal family. I don't like all the royal family. I've always made that quite clear. I can't stand Andrew, Sarah Ferguson, the ghastly children. Uh, Princess Anne I can tolerate, not bothered about children, nothing like that. Uh, William and Harry I can tolerate, Kate I like. Meghan Markle, we've yet to decide. We don't know, we don't know anything about her. We just know she was in... Uh, suits, and that was about it. And uh, and somebody said, is Katie Price on the list? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't know why she's not on the list. Isn't that an odd one? This is, uh, this is Graham and Paul at Cheney's. They say, uh, I, I bet you could get her for a bargain price. Well, actually, the last price was a fiver. She did a nightclub appearance, which is where she staggers in drunk, abuses people, uses foul language, and then laughingly thinks she's a singer. Whole new world! And then she poses for pictures and they all go, get rid of her. Get rid of her. She's not fit for purpose. And so that was embarrassing. But I reckon you should get her down Cheney's. She could sort out your strawberries and your fruit and veg very easily, couldn't she? I reckon. I reckon. Uh, I'm going to give you a time check. No, change your mind. Uh, I was going to. And then I decided there's no point giving you time. I don't want you to go anywhere. I I don't care if you're late for work. I I know some programmes are very concerned about that kind of thing. Sorry, we've got to... Yeah, I've got to hit this, this, this audience figure target. If I don't hit it, they're going to be so disappointed with it. They're going to say, Steve, but we, we sort of banked on the fact that, you know, you have to get the audience. And so we've got this tremendous audience, all due to you. It's seriously all due to you. It's not, it's not due to anything I'm doing. I mean, I could sit here and whistle Dixie and, and people would be going, have you heard him? He's whistling Dixie this morning. That's why I deliberately do things like I'm not doing a time check. I don't want you to go anywhere. You don't need to go anywhere. All right, so you've got to go to work, but, you know, go later. Just phone up and say you're not very well or you got captivated by something that was on the radio. That'll be this. And the boss will be going, that, that Steve Allen programme. <laughs> you just go, yeah, Steve Allen's programme. Um, also, apparently, Giles Brandreth is the governor, says a friend of mine. Uh, I've known Giles for years. He's always been, We've always got on very... It's funny, isn't it? You know, if you're in this business, as you know, you meet people and... You talk to them every so often. And so some of the people on In Conversation come back in again. Somebody will say to me, do you want to talk to Piers Morgan? I go, actually, Piers is very good value. We always get on very well. He's always very chatty. He's very easy. Some people, not on my programme, but on other programmes, will sort of come in. You think, oh, you're a bit of a pain, aren't you? You can imagine the Ola Jordan and the James Jordans were just about as boring as you could ever get. I mean, I had to talk about dancing for 25 minutes. But uh, Giles, is, he, he can converse on so many different levels. And he's, and he's entertaining with it. That's why he pulls at doing... In fact, he was doing this thing on the television the other day with the farmers giving out the awards. He was the master of ceremonies. And it isn't until you've ever seen him working that you realise just how clever he is, really. Apparently, he has a little drink stew on Oscar Wilde's birthday every year. Have you ever been invited, says a friend of mine. He'd love to have you there. I'm sure he would. But, uh, as you know, if it's anything during the week, I can't do it. 
I know it seems ridiculous, but I remember talking to some friends of mine who had just not come into radio, but they'd started doing these what we call sort of strange odd hours. And, and they said, oh, I'm going out drinking tonight. I said, you can't do it. And you would see them in the morning and they'd be going, oh, I feel awful. And I was going, you have to, if, if you're in radio, you're doing it because you love it. You're not doing it for the money, even though the money is very nice. You know, it is a career, even though laughingly most of us can't actually believe that this is a career. It's, it's strange, isn't it? You know, what people, you know, think is a career nowadays. Working in a bank, I always thought that was quite clever. People, I was, I was in the bank the other day and I'd taken some money out of the diddly dip machine. And there's a bloke inside there and he's talking to one of the women. And I could hear it because I was, because I'm very funny. I'm a bit OCD. All the notes in my wallet face the right way. I went, if anything backwards or anything like that, that really annoys me. So I was doing that. And she was saying to him, she said, well, you've got, she said, you've got £160 in your account. This was a man of about, I don't know, 50, 60. She said, "Um, let me just have a look. You've just written out. She said, right, you're down to £100 because you've already just taken some money out. And I can remember, I remember thinking, God, I've been in that situation. And she said, but you've got two standing orders going out today. She said, which total more than the £100, and you've not arranged an overdraft facility. So he said, cancel one of the, um, one of the outgoing amounts. And she said, OK, I'll, I'll do that. But then they're, they're going to come back to you and go, it's not arrived, and then you'll have to pay more. And so he was, he was trying to juggle his finances. I remember thinking, that was me years and years ago, when they actually took away my chequebook and my cheque guarantee card. They, I, I remember being called into the bank... And uh, I sat down with Mr. Minard, who was the bank manager, and he said, um, I need to ask you for your chequebook and cheque card. And I thought, well, how am I going to survive financially? And because up until then, because I worked on the assumption, a bit naughty, that if you had cheques in there, there was money in the account. I never checked bank statements. Who checks bank statements? Nobody does it. Now, of course, I do. Now I'm very good at checking things like that. And then you go to one of those bureau de changes because you know they're not going to sort of... They couldn't care less. They're just going to... You, you cash a cheque for 50 quid and you get, I think, £45 pounds back. It was not a very good deal at all. So I learned that one after a while. And I remember thinking, how awful, you know, when you've got to sort of try and survive. And he said, right, let's sit down and do your outgoings and your incomings. Well, they didn't match up at all. So we had to sort of cut back. Now I'm I'm... A million times better. A million times better. But this bloke was in the same situation. Uh, Steve, please do a time check. No, I'm not doing time checks. This is... Well, I will be in a second. No, I won't. It's um, it, it's just gone, you know, what it normally is at this particular time. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. I see that Brian Ferry and Roxy Music have got a new box set out. Well, I think it's basically all the old stuff rehashed again. And uh, I also give slightly odd Brian Ferry. Slightly odd. He's got a son called Otis. Is he naming somebody after a lift company? There you go. Uh, this is not called Woolwich. Woolwich. What an odd name. Woolwich. Uh, Steve, with regards to Jordan and the GC doing after-dinner speaking for you, they'd pay you for the honour. I just don't think she could... I mean, Jordan, you'd never sober her up every time she turns up now. Uh, she's either very late. In fact, it seems to be something that's running in the unprofessional side of the business. You know, where people think that they're actually too big for it and they don't need to bother to, uh, to turn up. And as I say, I think you do. And I'd, I'd be the first one to go. I think, I think in the uh, Celebs Go Dating, and apparently Jordan's got a choice, of, not Jordan, um, GC, has got a choice of two. Gemma Collins has got two people to pick, you know, and she'll decide. I should imagine, actually, better to ask them. Do you really want to go out with this foul-mouthed old baggage? 
The answer is, no, thank you, but we're on television, so we'll sort of go for it. Um, because it won't last, I promise you that. I, I'll, I'll put a million pounds on the table. There's no chance, no chance. I love your programme, but um, Anne says, but do I suspect a little green-eyed monster with you regarding Anne Whittacombe? I bet you haven't interviewed her. Don't be so stupid. Of course I have. What do you know about anything? Of course I've interviewed Anne Whittaker. Where have you been? You're living on some sort of planet somewhere. They say, I think she's got pluck doing what she's doing. She's doing it for a fee, dear. She's doing it for a fee. She hasn't got any money. You know, and uh, it says we all can't have model figures. Well, she certainly hasn't got a model figure. Well, she has, but I think the model company would be Triang. Uh, or something like that. No, no, no. She's doing it for a fee. She needs the money. She needs the money. That's why she does pantomime. But she's lowest down on the after-dinner speaking. You know why? She's a has-been. She's a has-been. Uh, I was trying to explain the uh, the spike to a, to a colleague. But he was saying you work graveyard shift. Why do people say graveyard shift? My audience is huge at this time. I mean, absolutely. I don't know why people think it's grave. Why would you say graveyard shift unless you're a bit thick? Perhaps you're a bit thick. And uh, it says when everybody's asleep. You're kidding. This programme, its audience is so big. It's almost imp- the producer just going, you know, what are they on? You go, probably serious medication. Uh, Apple are nearly a trillion dollar company, uh, says Dallas. Yes, in fact, they're actually, they've sold less phones, but the profit has gone up. Because now the uh, the prices are ridiculous. I bought my first stereo system from a music shop in Bishopsgate over six months with six post-dated checks, says Joanne. Those were the days. You remember a post-dated check? You write, you write something out and they go, OK, now you do this one for a month's time. Nowadays, they do it on the television where they, they offer you um, a choice uh, of you can do two interest-free payments. And that's sort of a good way of doing it. But I always think it's a case of if you can't afford it, why are you buying it in the first place? 84850 steve at lbc.co.uk. I've come to the conclusion, actually, the one who thinks she's Anne is, in fact, Anne Whittacombe. She's writing about herself. You know, I think she's got pluck doing it. Really, what with a separate bathroom? She's a stuck-up old has-been. Heavens above. I mean, she's not been an MP. She's failed. Failed at everything. She's had to do pantomime. You know, she did a little bit of dancing, which wasn't much cop at that, was she? That didn't work out very well. And now she's got a separate bathroom on the uh, on the programme. What's, what's all that about? And the answer is, is because she thinks she's better than everybody else. But she's not. She's not. That's why she's not earning the money. Uh, the other people who are up for it, Jess, who's a page three person. Wayne Sleep, who, when you sober him up, he's sort of OK. But you know he danced with Diana. Did he ever mention that? He danced with Diana, Princess Diana. Apparently he's, he sort of knew her quite, quite well and they danced. She's lovely, isn't it, really? Uh, Shane, uh, famous for being in Boyzone and he's got tattoos. But they've not really shown him on the programme. He's, he's always been... You know, perhaps he sort of disappeared in the pool. And Courtney, famous for being a drag queen, but has been around for ages, ages and ages. Um, Ladbrokes have got him four to seven. And Whittacombe, 15 to eight. Wayne, 66 to one. Jess, 20 to one. And Shane, 14 to one. So it could be, I think, really, between Anne Whittacombe and, uh, and Courtney, I think. And that'll be it. I would, I would like to think it's going to be Courtney. Much more intelligent than uh, than Anne Whittacombe, who, as I say, seems to think that she's very, very good. I used to deliver tea to Brian Ferry's parents' house in uh, Springwall Village, Gateshead. Yeah, he's a, he's a northern lad, isn't he? And they, and they working class family. It's like I saw a picture in Country Life this week, yesterday, of um, Trudy Styler, council estate. Council estate. Now they've got Irish wolfhounds and she sort of moved herself up the ladder. 
So she thinks she's now middle class. And I don't know what moving yourself up the ladder and making yourself middle class entails. I suppose having big, uh, big houses. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, the vegans. We seem to be seeing a rise of vegans. You said, I don't I couldn't care less whether somebody's vegan, you know, anything. It doesn't really make any difference to me. But, you know, just do it by yourself. I don't go out there going, oh, today's sausage. You know, I don't, I don't work like that at all. Also, the table tennis world champion at the age of 88 gets an MBE. A little bit late, but better late than never. Uh, the SAS man who gets a house. Well, it's a bungalow, thanks to the council. Although the newspaper are trying to claim that uh, they had something to do with it. Uh, also, the Spice Girls reform for £10 million each. The good news is Victoria said she won't sing. So, kind of you asked the question, what's the point of being there? She never sang in the first time round. It was all it was all sort of lip synced. And so so are they still going to pay her ten million pounds for not having to do anything? Do you seriously think she's going to give up her business and start doing rehearsals? Because if you're going to go on a tour, if they sort of say this will be a tour, believe you me, you could rehearse for six months getting this right. You can't just all stand on stage and sing. It's got to be choreographed. If you're going to pay somebody ten quid and there's five of them, is there five of them? Yeah, five of them. You're going to be expecting something as opposed to just five elderly people standing on stage. You're going to be looking for dance routines, dance numbers, costume changes. Lady Gaga, I think, changes between 11 and 14 times in her show. That's how many costume changes she does. That's how committed. You know, if you're going to pay somebody 10 million quid for doing this uh, this tour. And also, she's got a business to run. She's got a family to look after. She doesn't have time to faff around with this. Who wants it? Nobody wants it. Nobody. I don't remember anybody coming up to me in the music business and going, oh, we really can't wait for the Spice Girls, unless it's a gay group in Croydon or something like that. They're the only people. Oh, Spice Girls, it'd be great to have them back again. I'll tell you what you want, what you really, really want. And we're all going, you know, don't really care. Six Nations Rugby this weekend. Is it? In Twickenham? Oh, England are away. Thank God for that. Yeah, it's not, it's not, not in Twickenham. Somebody said they also, my, 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 my Lynn, my Lynn, makes it sound like my, my Lynn. She said to me the other day, she said, oh, I thought it was rugby. She said, uh, but they're playing Italy, but in Rome. So no getting around. And so the, the Six Nations is also not, not in Twickenham either. Twickenham very quiet this weekend. So the Six Nations rugby, are you in? <laughs> next, is that next Saturday? Oh, oh the 10th. What am I doing? Against why? Oh no, I shall be out. I shall find somewhere to go. I shall go and hide in a drain or something like that. Fancy. It's funny. All the people in in Twickenham, the only people who are interested in the rugby, are the people who've got restaurants. You know, everybody else goes. Oh, forget. Because the, the moment they're in, they then have to get them all out again. And there's thousands of them, like eighty thousand people who are trying to get out. And because we're having the station built for us, it's got cranes in. That's going to be a nightmare getting people through it because it's only in, wide enough for two people to go. We don't have the facilities really at the moment, but uh, it'll be lovely. Two two games at Twickenham this year. March. Oh, right. Is that the next one? I've never been. I used to play rugby. Huh? <laughs> believe it or believe it not. Um, and But I've never, um, I've never been to the rugby. I go past the rugby ground on a regular basis, but it just doesn't... Does Matt Sadlin go to the rugby? Well, for he doesn't play rugby either, does he? At least I play the stuff. I thought he just kicks a tennis ball around, doesn't he? Kick around with the locals, <laughs> I think. No, I, I don't do things like that. They used to say, you know, rugby's great, isn't it? Oh, people love rugby. I don't mind walking the walk to the ground, because that's quite interesting, seeing how much fans are being ripped off by the food that you can buy along the way there. I mean, that is just ridiculously expensive. Would you like a burger? Six pounds. You're going to laugh? 
And the answer is they're ripping people off. But, uh, you know, uh, hope your hands are healing, says Claire. Thank you. If you work for a living, you're working class, says uh, Richard. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't make you a better person. So if you work for a living, well, we all work for a living. Even people with loads of money who are, who are titled, they work for a living. The royal family allegedly work for a living. That's what they do. Sort of. I mean, Harry doesn't really do very much and William doesn't. At the moment, they're on a state visit, which means, hello, hello, <laughs> hello. OK, we're going to eat now. Thank you. Hello again. Hello. little waving of it. There's not work involved. You know, being a member of the royal family is not exactly a job. You don't have to sit there and throw pots or make a canteen of cutlery or something like that or show people around Buckingham Palace. You just have to sort of turn up. Hello. Hello. This is Kate. Don't laugh. And uh, nice little outfit here. This is Harry. It's my brother we think. And, uh, and this, this, this is Megan. He's going to be marrying Megan. They did a, an event the other day, actually, together. But as I say, it's going to take a while to see how she how she settles down. 84850 uk. So, so if you work for a living, you're working class. Yeah, exactly. I work. I don't have private means. So, I, oh, sorry, music. I could hear music. I wonder why all these musicians trooped into the studio. June Whitfield says women must keep their heads down and do their jobs. Megan and Kate opt to wear the same designer. The country's most feared divorce lawyer just never stops working. SAS Bob gets a bungalow, thanks to the council. The green light for the UK's first three-parent baby. The Spice Girls might be reforming or not. Birdseye have axed an ad after a family complained. And kids of 12 groomed on Tinder and Grinder. Oh, and the fight out with Mr and Mrs Muscle. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Friday, 2nd of February. Do you know there's a company, they've just emailed me. They're selling Christmas crackers. They say, get them, get them in quickly. Just in case you don't want to miss out. They're sort of Shirovsky or Swarovski uh, crackers. They say, you know, they've got all sorts of things. Because, to be honest with you, I've, I've, I've tried those last year. And you, you look at some of the gifts which come inside and they now go silver-plated or gold-plated, or something like that. And uh, we've had tie clips and all sorts of interesting stuff. But it's it's the way the cracker looks, isn't it? It's the way the uh, the cracker looks that is the appealing thing. And the, these ones come with different ribbons, so you can personalise your table. Because I was looking at some pictures, actually. I took pictures of our uh, Christmas table this year, because I think we had... I've lost track of how many people we had Christmas lunch with. But anyway, it was all very nice, and it was all very lovely. And it all looks so pretty when it's all laid out. You know, we haven't we haven't uh, gone down the route of having um, candles on the table yet. I think it's way too dangerous. Jan says, talking about rugby in Twickenham, some residents like it. When I go, we hire people's driveways. Cost about 20 quid. Yeah. Oh, I've, oh I know many of them rent them out to um, to the ghastly food places. And, uh, you know, you can get your usual burgers and things like that. And then you can... It's mainly booze people are going for. I think they're actually going for the booze. And then you can have this, bison burgers and... All sorts of other things. All the pubs do it as well. It's, it's their way of making a bit of money. After the news and travel, we'll take a look ahead at who I've got coming up for you this weekend on In Conversation. I'll be speaking to two men who perform on the screen about what they're working on at the moment. OK, so that'll be coming up uh, very, very... Sh- I read that in advance, didn't I? No, I was just being clever, actually, this morning. I was sort of teasing it out for people. Uh, the country's most feared divorce lawyer... Um, interestingly enough, the papers were saying, oh, this is the one that Aunt McPartland's uh, wife's going to be using. She said, no, I'm not. So, you know, why would you bother? You can find loads of other people to do that kind of thing. It's going to be very amicable. They're not going to argue about anything. They're not like that. They're not those sort of people. I know the press would like them to be, but I promise you they're not. Um, the kids of 12 groomed on Tinder and Grinder. Birdseye, who've axed an ad because uh, of something that happened in it, 
and people um, complained. One, one family complained and said, well, that's how our son died. I would think, but that must have been just every advert on the television. Remember we had the adverts that were despised by you the other day. I couldn't believe that people complained about the chicken advert for KFC. Equal rights for chickens, you know. I mean, these stupid people out there, it's ridiculous. Might as well go and stand outside any farm that's got chickens on it going, I'm sorry, eating their eggs? That's not right, is it? Also, uh, the thieving postman who doesn't get sent to prison. He was targeting children. Targeting children. Uh, because if the card, the envelope, had either miss, uh, had master or miss on it, he knew it was a birthday card, and there was a very good chance it might contain a fiver or a tenner or even more. Um, did Holly Willoughby's husband go to the President's Club dinner? He was on the list, apparently, but they don't know if he went. You know, they made a big deal that Campo de Gino was there. And uh, loads of other people. They're, they're, they're now calling it that groping dinner, which, of course, it was nothing of the kind. Shoddy journalism, very shoddy journalism, because the Dorchester would be in there, standing there, making sure, as they do in all their events, they'd have people standing inside watching to make sure it was all going according to plan so everybody was happy. Nobody, uh, nobody complained at all, just the newspapers, I think. But then it's a good story. They don't want to miss out. Since then, we've had, you know, the Formula One girl banned. So that's somebody on the scrap heap. Even though they get loads of other work. It's a case of why would somebody want to deprive them of their job, which they like doing? Paul McCartney's revealed his secret routine before gigs. He watches what? Family fortunes. He likes family fortunes. Have you ever seen it? Have you ever seen Family Fortune? It used to be with Max Bygraves. I want to tell you a story. He used to get £60,000 an episode. That's how much his agent negotiated for him. £60,000 an episode. Because I remember reading about it and I knew his agent. And I said that was a phenomenal amount of money. And they went, yeah, that was a very, very good deal. Very good deal. And so he did that. I didn't think he knew what really he was doing. And Les Dennis has done it. I shouldn't imagine for 60000 quid. But uh, they've, all, they've all done quiz shows. Because quiz show, shows you can get through in a week. I think Winner Takes All, which was Jimmy Tarber, he would recall the whole series in, I think, less than a week. If you do two or three shows a day. If they stand alone, then you can, you, you can rattle through them. I wouldn't like to imagine how many tipping points Ben Shepherd gets through. But I should imagine it's a fair amount. You know, so you could have a whole series of, say, you know, can Ben do this? I remember when Bob Holness did blockbusters, they said it's, um, I think, I mean, off the top of my head, it, it wasn't this, but they said, oh, it's £300 a day. And he thought, that's great, £300 a programme or whatever it happened to be. Turned out they were recording five in a day because they didn't follow on. You could, so when they do quiz shows on the television now, if it's a standalone quiz show, the, the ones that you see in order on the television is not the order that they filmed them. What they'll do is the first one will be a bit naff. And so they'll put maybe the second or third one out first because that means that the presenter would have sort of worn themselves into it. But uh, it's interesting, the money that they, they offer. That's why people do them. That's why people do them. It's very lucrative. You know, not for Anne Widdicombe, I don't think. Although she did do a quiz show on the television. It was absolutely dire. Absolutely dire. She's not a quiz show presenter at all. It's a very difficult thing to do. Ask anybody. I was going to say ask Bob Monkhouse, but there's not much chance of that. Uh, parents distressed, difficult to watch, but uh, it has to be about Alfie. This is the boy that even the experts have said, listen... It's cruel. He's in pain, he's suffering, and they need to let go. But they can't. So already the couple involved, um, he's, uh, he's on 
uh, medication. He's on uh, machines that breathe and help him eat and eat all the rest of it. They've already had seven lawyers. They've changed their lawyers seven times because the lawyers are saying, listen, this is not going to go anywhere. The experts have come in from Rome. They've said exactly the same. There is nothing you can do for this child. He's got this incurable illness and take him off the machine and he will die. But they don't want to do that. And you can imagine, you would do exactly the same if it was a child of yours. You know, as if you're just sort of switching off a light switch or something. You can't do it. You really can't. Uh, James Jordan turned up the other night on Big Brother's Little Bit on the side with Joe Swash. <sighs> Yawn. It was terribly tedious. Poor old Joe Swash, honestly. You don't really know what his talent is. Just turning up on shows. Go, what? What? That's what he does. And then uh, James Jordan turned up. No mention of a bad back because they had to cancel the tour because of his, his bad back. So I hope he was all right sitting there. He seemed to manage it all right. I was assuming, actually, they hadn't sold any tickets. So that's why they decided it was safer to cut their losses as opposed to turning up in a theatre with 20 people. I have been to a theatre. I was performing next door in another theatre, which was sold out. And the theatre next door had 20 people sitting in it. And they decided to go ahead with the show. But they didn't tell the celebrity, who was just a little pop star. Uh, the MS trans storm after a shopper was barred from the changing rooms. This is somebody who was transing from, if, if memory serves me, male to female, but wanted to use the female, uh, wanted to use the male changing room. And the people said, no, use the female changing room. You know, if, if you're if you're transing, that would be would that not be the normal thing? It'd be like somebody who's transing male to female and them going, I'm sorry, we're not going to let you use the female thing. And people going, why not? They go, because you're a man. They go, but I'm transing. This one wanted to use the male changing room. It's all very confusing, very confusing. The student boss accused of bullying, uh, who has now come back with the critics a racist, as opposed to, you know, accepting it. Uh, and Mylene Class has now gone that little bit further for you, and bless her heart for caring. She's taken all her clothes off. She's on the front of the sun this morning. Do not ogle her. She looks emaciated, to be honest with you. All it is is she's flogging a DVD. I feel a bit sorry for her, really. That's what she has to do. It's also a dreadful picture. It really is. I mean, you know, piling your hair on top of your head is not a good look. And this one, I mean, obviously they decided, how can you have some wispy strands of hair over your face? It's a ghastly picture. It really is terrible. So they, they've got that inside. And, and then another picture of her hair down. They, they, they're just bad pictures. They're just not good. But it's, um, uh, it's available today. And she says she had been asked to create a fitness DVD for years, but feels the time is right now. So she's just, for some reason, that involves taking all your clothes off. We, we, we didn't quite get that one either. I didn't quite understand it. And 36 years on, the police have named Hollywood's Robert Wagner over the death of his wife, Natalie Wood. They say he is not out of the frame. They say that his stories are inconsistent. I've said to you before, there were always rumours about what was going on on that yacht and how she died... And uh, then it all got brushed under the carpet and it was a bit difficult. And it was 36 years ago, 36 years ago. He's now 87. He hasn't uh, cooperated with the police at all this time around. I suppose when you get to 87, you're going, listen, it was 36 years ago. I can't remember yesterday, let alone 36 years ago. But they've said there are inconsistencies. So in other words, he is still, as they describe it in American, a person of interest in that case. Uh, where it goes, I've got no idea that uh, they're looking at this this new twist and uh, they've got pictures of uh, various people as well. Uh, there was a picture of him taken last year. He's a white-haired old man now, 87. But, you know, if he was involved uh, in the death of his wife, Natalie, well, then, you know, questions have to be asked. You can't brush these things under the carpet. 
Unfortunately, all we remember him for is heart to heart. But there again, we didn't know about Kevin Spacey, did we? We had no idea that Kevin Spacey was going to be named as this person who was uh, predatory. We just thought when he was walking his dog round a park in the early hours of the morning, it was because the dog wanted to walk round a park in the early hours of the morning. Well, that's what I assumed. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. It's interesting. They, they, nobody can agree on what's sexist and what isn't sexist. So they've got good griddance in one of the papers today, based on the girls who, you know, one of them here uh, travelled all the way around the world. She went to Monaco, did the Grand Prix. She said, we got really well paid. People treated us very well indeed. And uh, she said, you know, I love doing it. She said, I wasn't educated. I left school very early. And uh, she said, if you had the looks and you didn't mind wearing a skimpy outfit, she said, which none of us did, she said, we had a good time. Of course, the one who doesn't enjoy it is Melinda Messenger, you know, whose only claim to fame, really... Well, she's done a few television programmes. Now she's mother to three children. And uh, I think she was the face of a double glazing company in Swindon. So she reached the dizzy heights of that one. And she doesn't think it's right. She thinks, you know, if, if women, you know, could become Formula One racers. But some people don't want to be Formula One racers. But why should people be dictated to? Why should people be told what they can do for a living? You know, if my boss said to me, well, from now on, Steve, we're all going to be working topless in the studio. Or we're going to be standing up. Then that's what I adhere to. I have to, I mean, I'm hoping to God nothing like that ever happens. Uh, Beverly Turner uh, did all these places all because she says Formula One dragged itself into the 21st century. I do wonder what the resistors are frightened of. It's not prudishness, it's equality. But there are some people who can't do that. They can't, they, 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 they like being classed as exotic. You know, that's, that's what people think now. It's, it's funny, nobody can agree on it, can they? You know, but uh, Bev says... Can we all remember that the Formula One grid girls is not about the tiny number of women who will miss a few weekends work. It's about the millions of women who will benefit when men think twice before judging. So we've got to then axe Miss World, all of these competitions, because it's people judging people. You know, that's that's what it is. You're going to any any programme. You know, the art galleries have definitely got to go because that's that's half naked bodies all over the place, isn't it? So that that's all got to fit. I mean, we're t- what sort of we turning into? What are we turning into? If somebody wants to do something, who are we to say you can't do it? You go, ooh, you're setting the movement back years. And you go, what movement? What movement? You know, you know, the Formula One grid girls. What about the boxing girls? The darts girls? It's not just Formula One. Bev will be here on LBC tomorrow evening from six. And no doubt she will be mentioning it. And I'm sure you'll have your thoughts as well on it. Uh, very quickly, Eggheads, they film three a day, says John in Kent. Uh, Iceman says Tipping Point recorded three shows in a day because Gene was in one. And um, I wonder if Natalie Wood's suspicious death has re-emerged in connection with the book publication. Uh, well, he'd written about it. He'd written about it. Uh, I think the boat skipper wrote something years after the event. Well, they've all done it. Whatever it is, it doesn't seem to match up with what's being said. And so that's why I say all these rumours started about, you know, what was going on on the boat. Did she see something? Did she threaten them? You know, I'm going to take this to one of the gossip columnists because the gossip columnists at the time were powerful. They could destroy a career. And if it turns out that a Hollywood actor, I mean, they, they didn't mind about the drugs so much. But if somebody had had a bit of shenanigans with somebody of the same sex, they were up in arms. So I don't know. I don't know. Uh, my lovely sister took me uh, to see 42nd Street. Such talent. Yes, it was going to take my mum, but she passed in January. I'm sure she was with us, an actress through and through. Isn't 42nd Street great? I love the company. I really do. They don't know me from Adam, but I'm just telling you that I, th- I thought the show was fantastic. Right, my first guest on In Conversation this weekend is an actor 
and a musician. He's worked with a, a wide range of famous faces, from Robbie Williams to Meghan Markle, and he's best known for his role in Hotel Babylon. It's Max Beasley, and he told me how TV is changing in the 21st century. Now, from when I started as an actor, certainly from an acting point of view, the, the choice that we have now is incredible. Uh, and I do think we are in the golden age of television now, and I think it will, in five years from now, if we were sitting here, we would be then as well. I think it's progressing brilliantly, you know. Um, and certainly in the UK, where in the olden days... Well, not the olden days, I'm... I'm, I'm the olden days? <laughs> I can't believe you said that. The olden days. No, um, so, so let's say the early 80s, um, where, where we didn't have so much um, choice, uh, where now the viewer is, is, is um, you know, empowered with certain broadcasting companies giving them the choices to look at what they want to watch, to buy what they want to watch. Um, if you want cinema, you can buy that. You can, if you want the kids' channel, I have children. You can buy that, and that's incredible to think that that's that's what's happening now. So, from a from a from a viewing point of view, I think it is the golden age of television, and and from an acting point of view, the same applies because we now have much more choice of yeah. what we want. To, we can sort of kind of create a little bit more of our journey as as an actor because of the the choice that's out there. You know, from, from yeah. the different dramas, from the different companies. Actor and musician Max Beasley. There's a lot to him. He was. I, I said to him, you know, you're a bit different now because he 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 thinks he was a naughty boy some years ago because he was always in the papers with uh, with another high profile girlfriend. But anyway, he'll be in conversation with me this weekend. Now, as well as Max, I'll be talking to a fellow actor who's also a director and a producer. He left boarding school with just a single O level and had to study at night school to make up for it. Ending up with him studying. Acting. He's played the Roman general, Mark Antony, and a serial killer professor, and from today. You can see him in the brand new sci-fi series on Netflix. It's James Purefoy. The new Netflix show, incidentally, is called Altered Carbon, and he told me what it's all about. I am Lawrence Bancroft. I am the wealthiest man in the known universe, and I am 375 years old. Because so, you were frozen? Yeah, cause, no, 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 not because I was frozen, just because... We discovered how to digitise the personality, the memories, the soul, if you like, and put it on a chip. And in 375 years' time, we walk around in sleeves, which are bodies, and the chip, which is your personality, can go into any body. And then it becomes you. And then it becomes you. Unless you're fantastically rich, which he is, where he has clones, exact clones of himself... Several of them all over this planet and then some off-world on other inhabited planets. Right. So there is no jet lag. He can be he can be in Beijing in 30 seconds because his personality can be transmitted into another cloned body on the other side of the world. So they're all operating based on one person. On If you're very rich. Yes. If you're not very rich... You have to, you get the sleeve, the body that you can afford. Interesting man. Seriously, James Purefoy telling me about his new Netflix series, Altered Carbon. So he's in conversation with me this weekend, along with Max Beasley. And you can hear me talking to Max and James tomorrow morning from six after the best of Steve Allen. If you can't make it, then you get another chance on Sunday evening from nine. And you can listen to the whole thing for free by downloading the LBC Catch-Up app from the App Store on your iPhone or from Google Play on your Android device. Which is nice, actually. I'm, I'm sort of ahead of myself at the moment. So I know who's sort of coming up. I've said yes to a whole load of guests. Some you've heard before, 
Uh, some you'll be going, oh, can't wait to hear what they're going to be saying this week, which is uh, which is lovely. So I think all they're going to be... I'm sure that Beverly Turner will be talking about this tomorrow. I'm quite sure, quite sure. But it's it's nowadays, people look at people, people judge people by their looks. I do. I don't want to talk to unattractive people. What's the point of that? You only want to talk to... Attra- I only want to hang around with attractive people. Then they make me look a little bit better. Well, that's what I'm working on. It never works, actually. You know, it's like, I don't know, it's like you sort of say, you always get them on holiday. They do these Ibiza uncovered weekends and you get the really unattractive person and you get the attractive person. And I think the attractive person only hangs around because it makes them look even better. Uh, Joan in Bognor Regis says, if if grid girls are degrading, what about pole dancing? Oh, don't even go down the pole. I mean, I'm just, I'm seeing a whole raft of things with people complaining about what other people do. Mind your own business. What's it got to do with you? What other people want to do with their life? It's like, you know, oh, should we really have prostitutes, you know, advertising in phone boxes? Is that degrading? Well, if they don't want to do it, they don't have to do it. You know, you don't, if you want to be a pole dancer, don't be a pole dancer. If you don't want to be a dancer, you know, in a show where they go, right, you've got to wear these diaphanous costumes. I mean, very shortly, you know, the, well, the next thing is, I'm sorry, principal boy in a thing who's normally played by a girl. Well, that's going to have to change. Uh, sorry. A man dressed up as a woman for comedy purposes? I don't think so. That'll have to stop straight away. That's an insult, isn't it? So before you know where you are, you've got a society where you can't do anything and somebody's going to snap at some point. Ridiculous. Uh, Steve, Formula One girls, it's the portrayal of women. Pretty girls holding an umbrella over the stoic races, says Julian. They're not holding an umbrella. They just they went to Monaco. I mean, what do you need an umbrella for in Monaco? They're paid a lot of money between... £205,000, depending on your, your profile. And also, they want to do it. What's it got to do with you? You don't know anything about it. You're a bloke. You're the one ogling them. You know, and they're there to be ogled. They want to be looked at. What's the point of getting dressed up not to be noticed? Liberace used to come on stage and said, hey, look me over. I didn't get dressed like this not to be noticed. Or in the case of the women in the formula, I didn't get undressed. And the outfits are quite normal. A pair of shorts. You see more in your local swimming pool. They're being paid for it. They want to do it. Ask any of the girls who did it, apart from Melinda Messenger, who's more than happy to take the golden shilling and then complain about it years later. I wonder whether or not uh, Paddy's Take Me Out has, uh, has to end. One man judging all those ladies, says Sharon. Well, it might be. Next year, Strictly will be done in boiler suits. I'm sorry, what an attractive outfit. You know, Ruth dancing around. Although they, they proved it on Loose Women the other day. Having complained bitterly about it, they then get Jake Quickenden on and they dribble over him. Shameful. Shameful. It's awful. The boxing said they're not stopping the ring girls. Oh, God. It'll end in tears. I've just got this horrible feeling. And uh, track girl, Steve, I don't know where I'll get the strength from to avert my gaze when the Polish and Swedish Speedway Grand Prix girls are holding up the lane number, says John. Well, you mustn't look. You mustn't look. You know, I'm trying to think of all these programmes on the television where it's got... I mean, the carry-on films will have to be banned straight away. Barbara Windsor spent most of the time with her boobs out, lying on a trolley, and at one point she goes in there and she's got two little stars on her boobs. And Jim uh, looks at them and goes, oh, there was lots of that kind of thing going on. You'd have to stop those straight away. It's offensive to... Where do we stop? Where do we stop? Dreadful, isn't it, really? You're listening to a podcast from LBC. 24 minutes to 7, Friday morning on LBC, Nick Ferrari uh, with the first breakfast show just before the weekend. And this morning, the conviction of Darren Osborne for the murderous terrorist attack on worshippers 
who were leaving a mosque in Finsbury Park last summer, has prompted a review into the security threat posed by the far right. What needs to be changed? Almost a thousand workers have been trapped in a gold mine in South Africa on, uh, I think, since Wednesday after a storm triggered a power cut. Nick will find out when the miners might finally be rescued. They brought some up. I think they brought over a 100 up. I didn't realise there were that many people who worked underground in a gold mine. Plus, a top counter-terror officer has warned of the threat which jihadi children could bring to the UK. How can we avoid this risk while still helping innocent kids who are escaping war zones? That and loads more with Nick Ferrari at 7 o'clock this morning here on LBC for the Friday Breakfast Show. Can somebody explain to me, if we're complaining about the grid girls, if we're complaining about you know people ogling them and all that kind of thing, why is Mylene Class naked, apart from holding her hands over her boobs and everything else and strategically placed boxing gloves. Why does she start naked over all the newspapers this morning? Is this to appeal to those people of a simple nature who go, poor? Is that what it is? Because she's only flogging a DVD. That's all it is. But why, you know, she's on the front page of The Sun. She's inside the mirror, bare naked boxing class. And you think, I'm sorry, is that the only way she can sell it? Why has nobody come down on her like a ton of bricks going, what do you think you're doing? What do you think you're doing? Can't you just sort of do it by sitting down there and doing a thing? Or do you have to be posing, you know, either in a bikini or this one taking it, you know, a little bit further? She's not wearing a bikini. I mean, what sort of people is that appealing to? I think we all know the answer to that one, don't we? Can't understand it at all. It's all very peculiar. It really is. Uh, Also, what was the other one, actually? I I quite... Oh, Monopoly's uh, new edition for Cheaters. It's actually called Cheaters, but I don't quite understand why that, that is of any interest. I really don't. Uh, Jerry's Song and Dance. This is uh, Jerry Horner. And uh, it's called All Together Now. I t- to be honest with you, I'm bored with these television programmes where they put people on there. She's very sweet. But they've got that Rob Beckett on again. You know, I think we're, I think we're, we're stretching it a little bit. Stretching it a little bit. Spices reformed today. No, they're having a meeting. They won't get better. There's no chance. That talk- they've got to guarantee money. You know, so you're going to do it. So if they don't sell all the tickets out, there isn't going to be £10 million each. And what is it going to be? What, what, sort of, what sort of show is it going to be, you know, creaking about on the stage? I don't know. I don't know. But I don't, is there any interest in that kind of thing? Uh, the TV Joker in a heart attack at the age of 35. This is uh, Tubes. That's what he's called, apparently. Has had a heart attack at the age of 35. The Sky Sports Saturday morning favourite known for his comedy skits. Have you seen them? That's comedy, is it, nowadays? Dear God in heaven, I must be on another planet. His real name is Peter Dale. He wrote, On Sunday, I suffered a very unexpected major heart attack. Can't thank the staff at the hospital and the ambulance crew enough. He says, If it wasn't for your quick and efficient work, I may not have been writing this message. Don't make me say it. Don't make me say it. He's only 30-something. That's the danger, isn't it, really? Holly's husband at Groper's Gala. As I say, nobody's complained. There's been nothing at all like that. It's just sort of... This will go into the annals. Oh, it was dirty. It was like an orgy taking place at the Dorchester, they'll be saying. Ridiculous. Uh, Also, the Formula One bosses let the teams pocket millions from glam sponsors, but they won't bend over the ban on Grand Prix grid girls. I'd never even thought about the grid girls before. It, It didn't even occur to me. They even had a name. The Fish Finger TV ad showing Captain Birdseye jumping into the sea has been axed. For safety fears. Apparently you might imitate it. The character was shown diving off a boat as a voiceover said he loves the simple things like jumping into cold water on a hot day with his grandson. OK, you'd think that'd be, you know, that's OK. It's just an advert, isn't it? Only flogging fish fingers. 
But apparently, Durham County Council wrote to the frozen food giant, urging them to bin the ad. It works on water safety, wait for this, with the family of Cameron Gosling from County Durham, who died in 2015 after jumping into the River Wear without uh, acclimatising himself to the cold water. Its letters said jumping into water can result in cold water shock, a major factor in drownings. Birds Eye said they'll now remove the... There'll be nothing left on the television shortly. Seriously, there will be nothing left. There's always going to be somebody who's going to complain about something. You know, there's always something to complain about. Honestly, you think that I moan about, you know, the dreary old Gemma Collins and a few old baggages from Made in Chelsea. Or the loose women or people like that. My God, it's far more serious. Far more serious, I promise you. Uh, the fight for the son's life support. I don't know where that one's going, but I don't think it's going to end in a in a good way. Plus the uh, the ski hump, sorry, jump uh, for the Winter Olympics. There's 110,000 condoms. Rather, I mean, have they got time for things like that? That's just ridiculous, isn't it? So they go, oh, they're all here. Also, they're they're so desperate for you to be part of a boy band. They're running a competition, win a chance to be part of it. They've come off a television program. One of them has disappeared off already, so they're now running a competition to find another one. How boring. How dull. How uninteresting. And uh, there's going to be a, a, an, an, an invited audition. God, honestly, how sad. Isn't this tacky? Is this really t- So you want to be in a boy band? You'd like to write to us? It's awful, isn't it? Absolutely dreadful. Uh, also, fight out with Mr and Mrs Muscle. Strongman belts neighbours. You read about this all the time, don't you, now? People falling out with their next-door neighbours, which is uh, not the best. Um, also, the water's all gondola. So they've got a gondola, and there's no water. Dropped about two feet, apparently. Two feet, which is, uh, which is not so great. Uh, plus, uh, the Mona Lisa and uh, all these other pictures. And uh, people should... We, we, we have to take them away. We don't want the Mona Lisa up. And uh, also you've got um, the Statue of David by Michelangelo. That's definitely got to go. Victoria and Albert Museum's got a lot to answer for. There's all sorts of uh, statues down there, including a copy of Michelangelo's David, but it's in their uh, special room. I mean, you just go in there and people take pictures that nobody ever thought about it before. Now, of course, you know, you have to think about it. 73% of you, according to the Daily Mirror, would pay more to save the NHS. I love this, save the NHS. Like, it's the whole world. There's such prophets of doom at the Mirror, aren't they? It's all falling apart. It's all gone wrong. It's all gone pear-shaped. And 73% of you in an exclusive Mirror poll would pay more to save the NHS. I wasn't aware. I'm going to the NHS today. I wasn't aware. They seem to be doing very nicely, thank you. But uh, most of you would pay a percent more in tax for the NHS. One, one percent. Would you pay more, not one percent? You would. Creep. There's always one person, isn't there? It's all right for him. He's loaded. I mean, he doesn't make any difference. But percent here, nothing. You know. Mind you, I suppose, really, you could sort of change all sorts of things if you really, if you really wanted to. More on the grid girls. Lord above. I don't know where we go with that one. And, um, and then Mel B., a rather foul-mouthed person who makes videos with two other people and uh, a posed picture about with one of the Spice Girls' outfits in there. It was donkey shoes. Why can't they just let it go? Why can't they let the Spice Girls finish? It would make it so much easier. Nobody's interested, are they? I mean, the Spice Girls' fans must be a pensionable age by now. Uh, Paddy says uh, they hold brollies to shade the riders from the sun. That's why their other name is Brolly Dollies. Oh, right. I care, says Julian, because of the message it sends to young girls and boys. What message? I don't think you understand what you're talking about, really. 
And uh, it says, is there a sport where grid girls happens in reverse? Female sports person being served by men in skimpy outfits. Well, I don't know. They've never asked, have they? I'm sure you'd find loads of blokes willing to do it. There's loads of underwear models. You can find loads of those. You open your eyes. Uh, the Winter Olympics will be on soon. Few events have women in tight outfits. Will the ice skaters have to wear thick coats, says Phil? I do hope so. And then somebody said, if they get rid of pole dancing, what are the poles going to do? Well, they'll be out of work, won't they? You just have a pole sitting there by itself. Equal rights for poles, that's how I say. Uh, if we're banning cross-dressing, what the dickens is Christopher Biggins going to do in his next Christmas panto? Where does it stop, says Dan? I agree with equality, but this is becoming a joke. Oh, it's the most boring people under the sun. If somebody doesn't want to do... If somebody says to me, you know, would you like to put a bra and knickers on? You know, and we're going to pay you £500. So I'm either going to say yes or I'm going to say no, I don't want to. But the producer might go, I'll do that. You might have overheard you're not. OK, well, I'm just saying you might, you know, if I was there and I turned it down and, and he might he might do it for sort of a little bit more money. Makes it easier. Uh, Lynn says, attractive. You think attractiveness lies in the way people look? Of course. What do you think it is? You think it's inside your stomach, do you? My God, honestly, where, what land are you from? Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. You look at somebody. If somebody's attractive, you can see it. It shows hair, face, makeup, everything. It's the whole package. I can imagine, actually. I bet you don't look in mirrors very often. I'm like that. I don't look in mirrors very often. But that, that's, that's what attractiveness is. I notice nobody, Steve, says Nigel has complained about the Dream Boys and demand they get banned. And let's hope they don't, or else there goes my weekend job. I may be 56, but I've still got it. <laughs> I like the idea. Holly's husband at the Groper's Gala. Well, we don't know. We don't know, actually. It's because he was on the list. But we don't know if he was there. But conveniently, they never mentioned it the uh, the day after. Uh, David said, Terry Wogan says there are people sitting by the radio waiting to be offended. Oh, there's some very sad people. Very sad people. It's like the, the vegans at the moment. They're in a couple of the papers because they've got some Australian bloke over here who's offended by a ham and cheese sandwich. As I say, please don't go out of the house, dear. You'll be in tears for the remainder of the day. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Eight minutes to... Uh, eight, yeah, very nearly eight minutes to seven. You know, just so you know exactly where you're, uh, where you're coming from. Front page of the Daily Mail. Is it a case of bias against men because prostate cancer, bigger killer than breast cancer? And yet breast cancer, people talk about... Only very occasionally do people talk about prostate cancer. But uh, prostate cancer doesn't get as much funding as breast cancer. That gets twice as much. And so they're saying there is a, a bias... There. Also, going, going, gondola. It's gone completely. The Grand Canals of Venice are drying up. Bit of a worry, isn't it, really? I'm not too sure about that. Uh, also, the front page of the Express this morning. Oh, they brought... Oh, they've, they've just been rescued, the miners in South Africa. 955 of them. They had been trapped underground. Uh, everybody's out, said James Wellstead, a spokesman for the operating firm. He said there were cases of dehydration and high blood pressure, but nothing serious. Um, safety is questioned, I think, in a lot of places nowadays. Uh, the Beatrix mine is in Welcome Town, about 180 miles southwest of Johannesburg. And 23 levels. 23, it goes down 23. Isn't that unbelievable? So, I mean, on every level, they've got loads of, um, loads of gold just waiting to be picked up. You know, everybody's checked over. You know, everybody's che they, they check everybody because it'd be so easy to pinch. Uh, on Friday morning, the electricity was finally restored, so they got the workers released. Uh, very stressful, because you'd worry. If you were that far underground, I'd worry about it. We've had that before, haven't we? But anyway, they're up. They're up. So they were all being given uh, food and a shower. 
And so that's, uh, that's the best bit of news we've had for the weekend, isn't it? Robert Wagner on the front of the Express today, the actor named Person of Interest in Natalie's Death. Also, McQueen's of Fashion, Meghan and Kate wow in outfits by the same top designer. Snoring raises the risk of dementia. That's what you don't need to hear, isn't it, really? Lovely picture of, um, of a lion dancer or dragon dancer. And the Prime Minister, she looked less than impressed by the whole thing. I, said, I was watching it very carefully, actually, just to see what she thought about it. I wasn't sure she'd ever seen it before. I love people doing the dragon dance. It's fantastic. Labour's plan to force the cheap sale of land to the state. They want to force landowners to give up sites for a fraction of their current price. Honestly, worse and worse and worse. Daily Star this morning, Amanda attacked in the street. This is Amanda Holden. Uh, a fan got too close. Four bodyguards, all trained in dealing with acid attack threats, bundled the star into a car. Like doing an SAS programme, isn't it, really? And um, cheer we go, cheer we go, cheer... Oh, my goodness me. The Crystals, which are the uh, the dance formation team, not particularly good, uh, for Crystal Palace, uh, try to fight the ban. They're proud of their scantily clad cheerleaders down at Crystal Palace. I think it's unnecessary to show your pants. I mean, that would just be ridiculous. It's like blokes wearing, I going to say kilts, but of course it doesn't kind of work at all, does it, really? Holly Willoughby's uh, husband, Holly Willoughby's husband, Dan is the latest high-profile man to be caught up in the President's Club sex scandal. They say he was there. He was on a list. Whether he went or not, I've got no idea. We know that um, the other one went, Gino De Campo. He definitely went. Uh, also, boastful Liam. This is Liam Payne. has deleted web post showing him drowning in bling after he was blasted by fans. They're obviously not fans, are they? They're, they're internet trolls. And um, uh, what have we got here? The, oh, this is Mel B., Looking like a completely different colour. People, are, I don't think it's her. I'm looking at the picture. I don't, I don't see anything at all. And here are the Crystals, the Premiership Club, standing up to the Killjoys. We're not going to get rid of them. Uh, also, fans rap Riley, stupid PC ban. Countdown fans have begged Channel 4 to make Rachel Riley the latest victim of the PC brigade. They fear producers could follow the lead of sports bosses and axe beautiful women like Rachel from shows to fit in with feminist demands. Well, then, I don't think they're planning on doing that. I mean, where where would all the quiz shows be? Come on, dollies, do your dealing. They'd be all out straight away. It should be all blokes, shouldn't it? But we've got all these old programmes on the television. I don't know what people are getting their knickers in a twist over, frankly. You know, if it's not your job and it's not affecting you, mind your own business. If you want to watch it, don't watch it. Heavens above. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Uh, what's wrong with pole dancing, says Dan? My friend Yarek's from Poland. He's a very good dancer. Thank you. Uh, Bob says, I took a girlfriend to Venice once. Next morning, she looked out the window and said, oh, it's been raining. I'd love to buy a place. You can buy palazzos in Venice, uh, in, in Venice, in, uh, in, in Venice. 94 million on the lottery tonight. Don't bother buying a ticket. I've got the winning one. OK, so I don't know what to do with it first, though. I don't know what to do. I thought I'd buy myself a pole and see if I could actually lift my body up on it. I suspect probably not. But uh, I'm willing to go for it. Uh, Bex is back and out partying again. Oh, All going to be the beginning of the end. She must be going absolutely crackers in the house. Where are you now? I had a drink. Oh, it could be dreadful, couldn't it? Guilty of murder at the mosque. The father of four who became radicalised in just a few weeks after watching TV documentary. Hate-filled car trader, despised Muslims. And so uh, we got rid of him, thank God. Uh, the driverless car takes a British road trip. And you're our Auntie May. China embraces Theresa. Sounds nice, isn't it? And a picture of uh, Harry and Meghan. Harry with that same old blue suit. I think he's only got the one suit. For God's sake, perhaps she can dress him properly. 
and they were guests of honour at a fund award to celebrate sporting and adventure achievements. What does she know about that? Nothing at all. She's just tagged along, hasn't she, really? Cut payouts for blunders on the NHS. Yes, I mean, people. that's how people make their money nowadays. There's loads of lawyers who will, who will sort of chase up money. You've got to give us this money and that money because it's not going to work. And then the stress and, oh, dear me. The NHS forced to pay £1,500 for a £2 pot of moisturiser. Boots sent a bill for one tub of a specialty-made cream. It only cost £2, but uh, the NHS paid for it. Take it back. Take it back. Much easier. That's it for this morning. Uh, this weekend, In Conversation, Max Beasley and James Purefoy. It's, uh, it's a fantastic In Conversation. Make sure you download the LBC app as well as listening to LBC wherever you are. You can listen back to this and all of the other programmes from last week for free on our catch-up feature. And you can do that to get my free podcast as well. On my little bit extra today, I'll tell you why I got a message from Stacey Solomon yesterday and explain why I was annoyed at her the other day. Morning, Stacey. I'll also tell you more about that fascinating story of Robert Wagner and Natalie Wood. Plus, I'll be reminding Victoria why it not be a bad idea to sign up to this rumoured Spice Girls reunion. But you're right, Vic. Please don't sing. My little bit extra, available very shortly, and it's free. Just download the LBC app for iPhone or Android. Tap on Catch Up. It's as simple as that. Ten o'clock this morning, James O'Brien. But next on LBC, Nick Ferrari at breakfast. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Saturday and Sunday from 5am.